Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there is no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners of the podcast, uh, I do apologize. Uh, We were an hour late today. I was at a function with uh, the lovely Paige this evening so and i think I, you did i think you did mention that last week i didn't mention it enough <laughs> okay well i've forgotten because i was ready and i called tj i'm like dude it's like five after eight are you alive are you dead and he's like oh i got that thing with page i'm like oh that's right he did he did say that so so i'm gonna throw the lovely lovely page in the bus no <laughs> i, I <laughs> no 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 ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> For for those of you who are new to the show, welcome to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. This is a twice a week Islanders based podcast where we go live every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're new to the show, we invite you to subscribe on YouTube, to like on Facebook and follow on Twitter. Stick around a while. We talk all things Islanders. We also go live during I'd say a good handful of the Islander games, Grump. Uh, we usually we do not go live on Thursdays and Sundays during Islander games just because we have another podcast called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Now, that is a general sports podcast. Uh, we just talk all things sports on that podcast and shoot the shit. That is Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find that in the link in the description below, or you can find that as a linked channel on YouTube, Grump. Okay. I what don't know you, what any of that means. I don't have any, I don't know any of that stuff. So that's whatever, what that means, just, Grumpy. you can find it as a linked channel on YouTube right there. And you can okay. find it if you're like, where do I locate teaching a grumpy old man? That's where you can locate it, Grump. But okay. I, my apologies for not being uh, <laughs> as, um, as open and forthright about us running a little late. I think I forgot to remind everybody on the live stream yesterday during the game, but Grump, the Islanders played the Colorado Avalanche last night in a lot closer of a game than I think most, and myself included, would have expected. Yeah, for me, uh, uh, we played poorly in the first period, right? Lucky to come out one-to-one tie. I thought we carried the action in the second. And then the third period, I thought we played really, really well then too. Anders Lee, um, you know, cost us the game. You know, he finally scored. Well, he stopped the goal in front of the net. You know, he's not doing that on the defensive end. 
funny he did that on the offensive end, trying to get a cheapie. That was going in that, yeah, I'm going to make sure I get that extra goal here. Um, why, don't, why, don't, why don't you explain what happened, Grumpy? Because I want you to be verbose about it. Yeah, Sebastian Ajo, who I think looked really, really good. He's not the greatest defensive player. Acknowledge that. But I'll tell you what, he adds something offensively, and that's we desperately need his presence out there. I'm just sorry. Um, he takes a shot. He did a fantastic move, getting a little okey-doke on number 16, slides it through Kemper's legs, and that puck is going in, going in, going in. It's going to be a goal. I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm getting excited. Then Anders Lee comes through and says, I'm going to try to put it in there, get that little goal for me to, you know, try to justify my massive contract. Instead, he knocks the puck out of the net. Is that, is that, okay, here's Grumpy, come on, don't paint it on purpose. No, don't paint it that bad of a picture. I mean, Sebastian Ajo, that was a hell of an offensive move, a hell of an offensive move by Sebastian Ajo. Again, you know, he's always, there's always going to be question marks around defensive performance. You know, he's never going to be a guy who's going to be a rock back there on the defensive side of the puck, but he had a hell of a move and he put that shot past Kemper's right. And, oh, my gosh, you're right. It deflects Anders Lee as he's trying to fight down low, deflects off his stick, and it prevents it from going in. And now there is a lot of controversy on that grump because it looks like it was in the net. It, was, it looks really close. Yeah, it was about as close as can be, but it, you have to see white between the puck and the, the red line. You have to see it. And, honestly, it looked like it was right right there. I, you know what? I don't have a problem with it, honestly. I didn't see white. I thought it was as close as could possibly be. Uh, in the olden days, that would have been a goal because we don't have instant replay where we got to look at everything by a little speck of everything. Um, it cost us. It really did. I, th I thought we played well enough to win, really. I mean, after the first period where I thought Colorado just dominated us, the second period was all us, and the third period – was Colorado for the most part to get, yeah, I don't know. Boy, it looks like we're doing some creative measuring now because it didn't look like that yesterday. It, uh, no, 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 Grumpy. Well, here's the thing. It's because it's it's really, really, really tough. That's all I'm going to say. It's It was really close. You could say, hey, we got shafted. No, we didn't. I I, I would be hard-pressed to find anybody. Was it ruled? It looks I mean, like it's still, it looks it like it's still on the red line. It was ruled a goal on the ice, right? It has yeah. to be inconclusive to overturn that. I'm sorry. it's That's far from inconclusive. That's one of those, you know how in football, when they make a call on the field and they're like, well, the video evidence really doesn't give us four or against. They say the call on the field stands. That's where you say the goal on the ice stands. The real culprit is Anders Lee. <laughs> is, that, is, that who's really, big, is that really who the issue is with, Grumpy? If he didn't stick his big jaw in the way, it would have been a goal. We would have won the game. Probably made the playoffs this year. Oh, that's that was the game. That was going to be the turning point, right? That's it. That was the turning point of the season, right there. Oh. It's really, really close. It's really close. It is, and uh, you know, we looked. I think you talk about the first period, right? I thought that we didn't belong on the same ice as them for the most part. We were hanging on and clinging on for dear life. We went to the end of the first period with a one-one tie, and I said that's a victory, I think, for the Islanders. And then the second period. Man, oh man, we had some lucky bounces go our way, and I'm not complaining, right? You've got you got a wrister from the point that hits off of I think McKinnon down low or Palmieri down low, and he scores a little garbage man goal. He knocks it in, and I mean Parise, you talk about doing everything possible to raise his trade value. 
Thank you so much, Zach Parise. I tell you, every single day it looks more and more likely that we might be able to squeeze a team into getting a first round pick for you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still not going there. I'm going second. I'm not going first round pick. I just here's, I here's the thing. I think it's I think it's safe to assume bare minimum second, maybe a first, depending on how desperate a team is. I mean, uh, Zach Parise, think about this. Zach Parise, when playing more minutes and playing more ice time, again, he's he's had quite some time. He's played extremely well in the second half of the season. And we talk about guys who are getting hot. Grump, Zach Parise in the last and the last six games, Grumpy Old Man, Zach Parise has amassed himself seven points in the last six games. Yeah, he's, he's been really cold. good. And I'm sorry. honestly, I, I wanted eight, to say eight, that it's eight points. Okay. I'd like to say that I was wrong about him, without a doubt. 100% wrong about him. Worth every penny of that 750000 without a doubt. Um, I know he started off slow, but uh, he gives it his all every night, right? I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to say that's a that's a bad on me because I didn't care. I thought we should have went after somebody else opposed to him, but I have no problem with him at all. Uh, and I was wrong. I didn't think he was going to deliver this. Why don't you tell us how he's going to get 20 goals again, even though you didn't say it. But now he, since he's doing great, you want to kind of piggyback on that. I'm sure that's your next thing. Holy shit, ladies and gentlemen. Grumpy old man actually admits when he's wrong. I always do. I always do. Always. But let's be honest, right? If you look at last night's game, what did we learn? There's a few things we learned, right? Colorado's not winning a Stanley Cup unless they get some grit and they need a better goalie. Yes, um, Kemper looked unbelievably weak at times. And Jesus Christ, I'll tell you, we talk about defensive lapses that we have in our own zone. Colorado is hemorrhaging opportunities for the Islanders to take advantage of, and the Islanders were able to take advantage last night. And, you know, what's the difference between the Islanders, right? The defense wasn't great for Colorado. Colorado's defensemen are unbelievably offensively talented, and their forwards are fantastic. I'd say that I, I'd take Sorokin over Kemper any day of the week. I mean, the goalie, right? I'd say the Islanders are the clear-cut victor, and, and who, who you know, who's got the better position? A goaltending, no doubt the Islanders are the better goaltender. Right. I mean, without a doubt. And I, and Sorokin gave up four goals and he was the number two star in the game and deservedly so deservedly. So he was spectacular last night. He I was. can't tell you how many saves that he made point blank because our defense was our whole defensive structure was terrible. Colorado, again, teams that are aggressive on the four check and have speed, they're death to us. And you saw that last night. I mean, Colorado looked like they could do anything they wanted. Sorokin was phenomenal. And we said last night, how could the Islanders win? I said, Sorokin's got to be playing out of his mind. And he did last night. He was outstanding, sensational. You know, the one goal that they scored from behind in it, I don't even know how it went in. Banged it off his back and slides in. I don't even know how the heck that happened. That's going to happen. That's not, I'm not blaming that on Sorokin. I'm not even calling that a softie because he didn't even see it. I was about to say, he, he kept us in the game in the third period. The, in the third period, five minutes into the third period, the Colorado Avalanche already had more than 13 shots on net in the first five minutes of the period. I, you know, and Sorok was just dialed in. Just, man, I mean, he was fighting off every which opportunity that was coming his way. I thought he had a great game last night. I know he gave up four goals, but he, he faced quite a few shots and was fantastic. Then we had one of our Josh Bailey things again, where he's got the puck right at the goal and he passes out. He's trying to pass out instead of just trying to jam it in the net. I'm sorry. That said, I like the lineup that Trotz put out there last night. 
where, and that's the one thing with Barzell out, Trotz has to be a little creative. And I like the fact that he put Bailey at center between Bellows and Wallstrom. Bailey still gets a lot more ice time than those two. That needs to stop. Wallstrom and Bellows need to get more ice time. They need to be playing 15, 16 minutes a night. I don't need to see them getting 11, 12 minutes again. I, I just don't need to see that. Just to give you, again, a better zoomed-in version. Yeah. It looks, I mean, like, it's it, looks like it's on the, it looks like it's on the red line to me. It does. Yeah. It does. It, it, I'm sorry. I just wanted to show a better angle that now that I could produce that grump. I still hate the rule that everything has to be challenged. You know, Remember, TJ, I'm from a time where there was no instant replay. I'm from the school of hard knocks. My name's Grumpy. They didn't, they didn't review that stuff. They didn't review every single thing that happened. They didn't review, oh, guys, they were in the offensive zone for three minutes and they score a goal. It's like, oh, hold on. He was offsides three minutes ago. You should yell to the referee, offsides, not wait for a result. Now, you were talking really quickly to get us back on target. You were talking about Josh Bailey, how you liked him on the third line. Now, there's a few things we could break down. You said there was another Josh Bailey moment last night. Is this the Josh Bailey moment you're talking about, Grumpy? When Josh Bailey is one-on-one with Darcy Kemper, and out of this position right here, he's got his head like a mite, like a peewee would, staring down at the freaking ice, and he passes out of this opportunity right here. Is that what you're talking about, Grump? Yeah. As he is clearing one on one on O against the goalie, one on one against Darcy Kemper, and he passes out of this situation. Is that what you're talking about? Another Josh Bailey moment? Yes. Holy I, shit! I, I just, I, I'm sorry. I don't know anyone who doesn't shoot from that position. I, I, I'd be pissed off if if Joe Matanats, who was playing beer league hockey, and then determined he 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 gets put on the he gets put on the third line and plays a Josh Bailey role, if he's passing up out of that opportunity too. Holy shit! Take yourself a shot. Give yourself a chance here, Josh. I'm shooting. If I'm on the ice, I'm shooting. There's no way. I don't care if I got Ovechkin on one wing. Ovechkin and, and Gretzky. And well, no, Gretzky. I'm just oh, saying. And, and Yari Curry on the other. Go ahead. We'll do a rescue route. I'm still shooting the puck from that position. What did we what other things did we learn though? We what learned we learned a lot. Now, and I want to kind of take this bit by bit because I know we had mentioned, right? Going forward with comments, comments we'll be posting. We won't be posting every single comment just for time's sake, but we will be posting comments that bring up additional thought-provoking items and ones that I think will get everybody will kick will get a kick out of. Now are you talking about Devontae's grumpy? Is this is this kind of what you're wanting to launch us in, or what, what do you what what do you? We learned we learned a lot last night, and yeah. again, this is a team that we already know a lot about. But I think last night told a lot of the story as well. Yeah, no, the, I I want to still talk about things I learned about the Islanders, Barry Trotz, how he looks at the game sometimes, what he really thinks about players in crunch time, and why he doesn't do it normally drives me crazy. Like at the end. After, you know, the last minute or two, he throws, after they got that extra goal where they went up by two, who does he have out there? Bellows and Wallstrom. Mm. Why? Because they have an ability to shoot the puck and score. Why are they not out there automatically when it's a short, when uh, we have one goal down in the last minute and we pull our goalie? Why aren't they on the ice? I want shooters out there. Who do he put out there again? Josh Bailey. He's no threat to shoot the puck. Teams know that. You need shooters on there when you're down a goal in the last minute. You don't need guys who are or just guys who pass the puck. 
It, it can't happen. I mean, it's still frustrating, but I did like the fact that he did put the two of them out there. He did realize it when it was really desperate and we needed a goal. He puts those two guys out there at the end. Why aren't you doing that earlier? That's they didn't play. They didn't play much. They didn't play much ice time. I mean, no. just think about it, Grump. Wallstrom and Bellows are playing around ten minutes a game right now, and and think about this: they're playing ten minutes a game when you have forwards and centers doing shit like this on the ice. I mean, uh, Josh, he seriously just put that in the backhand and just put it up, Darcy Kemper. And I think when we we live streamed the game yesterday, That's, I'm like, the guy's on the he's on his stomach. Get the puck up, put it on your backhand, and get that roof the thing, huh? Come on, um. No, I think that's a, it's a different one than I. It was a different play I was looking at. That was the one deflected by Bellows. This is the one where Bailey just passed out of that. That grump. That was the one I just showed you. The oh, first that's right. That's right. That's Bailey. right. This that's is right. the exact one. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, you can't pass out of there. I'm sorry. Shoot the puck. This is the one that also though gets deflected by Kiefer by Bellows in front of the net by <laughs> the, the shot. I think it's by Palmieri or who is it by Palmieri Pedro? I can't remember who it's by. I don't think it's by Wallstrom. It gets deflected by Kiefer Bellows in front of the net and goes uh, and misses a wide open net with Kemper on the ground. I'm like, you want to talk about a comedy of errors? It starts with <laughs> Josh Bailey not taking a shot, passing out of it, and then an unlucky deflection that doesn't go away. You're just kind of like, oh God, it's comedy of errors on the ice sometimes. Right. And to me, Colorado needs some grit. They need some grit on that team. They need another defenseman. Um, I mean, wouldn't Cal Clutterbuck look good for them? I don't think they need Parise, but they need Clutterbuck. Somebody like that. They need a goalie. They need another defenseman. For a team that has the best record in the NHL, I think they're imminently beatable. I don't think they're that great. I will tell you, they do need grit. And that's the reason why. Remember, we talked about Cal Clutterbuck. Remember, the, the Joe Sackett apparently has been looking at Cal Clutterbuck. Well, you know what? Cal Clutterbuck, I thought he played okay last night. I thought Parise looked better. Um, but, I mean, maybe you make a package deal. Maybe the two of them for a first-round pick. I'd do that. Hmm. I mean, they're both on expiring contracts. On. Say that one more time. The both of them for a first-round pick. Oh, Jesus, Crump. That's a way underpay. That's a huge underpayment. A 37-year-old and a 34-year-old. It's about what they bring. It's about what they bring. Okay, but you get I, I'm looking for first round draft picks. Oh, I, I get it, right? When you're a team crump, you're looking for draft picks in general. I'm telling you, the way Zach Parise has been playing as of late, he will get you bare minimum a second by itself. What do you yeah. think the value of Cal Clutterbuck is a fourth or a fifth round pick? Kyle Clutterbuck's Cal Clutterbuck is a playoff caliber player, and he's a guy who adds a sandpaper and grit that teams always overpay for every single trade okay. deadline. He's not going to get you a first round pick. He'll get you a third. He'll get you a third okay. easy. So let's say Colorado, right? They're picking, what, 30th in the draft, let's say? Yeah. And if they're going to give you a second-round pick for Parise, you give Parise and uh, Clutterbuck, and you move up to pick – you move up 30 spots, I have no problem with that because that first-round pick is, you know, way more valuable than a late second, a late first. I mean, let's be honest, a deep draft, you want as many firsts as you can. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I have no problem moving both of those guys for a first. Mm. Varlamov, I mean, they desperately need a goalie, too. Desperately. Their offense is phenomenal. Their second line is better than it's been, which gives them more balance that they haven't had in the last couple of years, unless, you know, Kadri does one of his Kadri things come playoff time. 
he does it every every single playoffs, every single time. Um, but to me, it's like they they still need pieces to win a cup. They remind me a lot of Tampa Bay a few years ago before they got a little bit of toughness on that team. And what are they willing to do it now or are they gonna wait? They've got to add the toughness. I mean, you don't want to go ahead. You don't want to miss out on additional time in your window. So I wonder if Sackick has the same problem that Eiserman did when he was in Tampa. It's like, okay, these guys are better. I want to keep the better players on the team where sometimes they don't realize because they were great players that you need a little bit of sandpaper. Eiserman never made that deal in all his years as GM with Tampa. It was Brisebois who made those deals. Is Sackick the same way? Is, you know, does he think the same? You know, he was a really good player. He wants to keep the more talented players as opposed to the sandpaper guys. I don't know. I think we're going to find out come trade deadline. Yeah. I, yeah. Ever, I mean, how long has Sackick been a general manager for? I don't know. Three, four years. I was about to say. So, and, you know, Colorado, we figured last year, I mean, they were, they were the, the team to beat out West, them in Vegas. And, and Montreal just catches. I mean, they get a hot goalie and they catch fire at the right time. Hard to beat a really, really t- hard to beat a hot team, unfortunately. No, they got beat by Vegas last year. Well, Vegas was. I'm just saying. Ve- that's why I said Vegas. Vegas and Colorado were the two best teams at West. And I'm just saying, right? Vegas. We all would have predicted to make it to the finals. They get beat by a very hot Montreal team. And again, I think if Colorado's playing Vegas, probably still the same result. It's just Carey Price was unbelievably hot at that time period. It's play um, on hockey. Things happen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, just to me, there's elements that are missing on that team. And it's here's the thing: they have the skill guys. They're the easiest elements to replace, goalie notwithstanding. You know, another defenseman, a defensive defenseman, a Scott Mayfield type. Right, that's what they need in Colorado: a guy who can play on the second pairing because their first pairing is sensational. But another guy to play on the second pairing. You're going to have to pay for that, but I mean, are you are you a Stanley Cup? Do you want to win Stanley Cup or not? Yes. You, this is your window right now. This is your window. Yeah, windows. And again, you look at all the young, talented players they have on that team, and the talented, the talented stars they have in Colorado. Ain't no man. It's it's a good problem to have when you have to worry about saying, "Oh, I want to hoard all the talent on the team because." You know, we want to make sure we're as talented as humanly possible. That team is, I'm talking about, they're stout from, you know, top to bottom. They need help on the back end, and they do not have a goalie. Those are the two weakest spots that Colorado has. I mean, if I was them, I'm looking at Marc-Andre Fleury. Without a doubt, I'm looking at him. I want the best goalie on the market. That's the guy I want. And then you need some sandpaper, another defenseman. I mean, that's 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 just something that you need. Mm. I mean, if they're going to win a cup, but I'm going to tell you one thing. How good did Devon Taves look last night? Ah, here we go. Dun, dun, dun. Devon Taves, ladies and gentlemen, our first time playing the Colorado Avalanche since Devon Taves has joined up with Colorado. And, um, man, oh, man, Devon Taves is fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. We he was trust me. It's not like he just flipped a switch when he left the Islanders and then became magically good. Or it's not like hey, everything and all of his success is completely uh, you know attributable to Kale McCarr. Devon Taves is a fantastic defenseman. 
Um, and again, you talk about a guy who's extremely offensively talented and gifted, and both Kale McCarr and Devon Taves really elevate each other's games. There's no doubt about it. Devon Taves, what did he finish? He finished with, of course, number one star. <laughs> Suiting, right? Leaves the Islanders, or <laughs> leaves the Islanders and uh, or traded from the Islanders, and uh, he goes ahead and hangs up three points on us, a goal and two assists. Ooh. Yeah, I, here's the thing. We got to let go of that trade, honestly. I know it's hard, but that's two years ago. Let me ago ask now. you this. How, what do you mean? How can we say we need to let go of that trade? You know what it'd be like? It would be like telling the Islander fans to say, we got to let go of that Zidane Char. Well, even the team then was, I mean, they were miserable. But it'd be like saying, don't worry about that Zidane Char trade or Roberto Luongo, and they're in the league lighting the world on fire, receiving Norris candidate trophies. It'd be like we trade away Roberto Luongo, and within one year, he's receiving Vesna trophy. He's receiving Vesna finalist votes. And we trade away Big Z, and the next year, he's receiving Norris Trophy votes, and he will be for the remainder of his NHL career. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that we pretend like it didn't exist, but you got to stop dwelling on it. In my opinion, we have to stop dwelling on it. it. It's done and dusted. That's two years ago now. It is what it is. Yes, we all knew it was a bad trade. We don't talk about this every podcast, Grump. I think it's apropos to talk about it when we played the Colorado Avalanche, though. It's not like we talk about this every single time. If somebody says, oh, we couldn't make the cap work, we're going to call BS on it and speak about it. But I, I think it's. I think we can talk. I think we're justified to talk about Devontae's a little bit. We don't have to talk about the trade, but I'll be more than happy to talk about how fantastic he looked last night, if that makes you feel better. He, he was – yeah, I, 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 know, I know what you're saying. I'm just – I mean – he was fantastic last night. And here's the thing. He's been playing like that all year. And one thing you notice about their defense, particularly McCarr and Taves, in the offensive zone, they're just going for it. They drive into the net without the puck. I mean, it's tough to mark those guys. I mean, how many chances did McKinnon have at the side of the net that we just couldn't cover, that he just missed on yesterday. I was going to say, how many of those one-timed attempts where he was wide open, you're right, when we had left him completely unmarked, and he just, you're right, it just flubs off his stick, or he's unable to make good, clean contact, and you think to yourself, holy crap, we got lucky. Their talent level, that first grouping, is unparalleled in the league right now. They're spectacular. I mean, we could not... That's the issue with Colorado. They're a one-line team. We, that, that was the issue last year. Right. It's not so much this year, um, but it certainly was last year. But that group with Taves and McCarr out there with them, we could not keep up. It was, a, I'm not going to say embarrassing, but it's like we had no idea what we were doing when they were on the ice. They were so fast. We get the puck and they just steal it right back. They're just, they're really, really talented and really, really good. Congrats to Colorado and their fans because, I mean, gosh, to watch that hockey hockey every night, I mean, it's a joy. It really is. I will, I will say this here, too. When we think about Colorado, I, they were fantastic. They were enjoyable to watch. And it felt like at times, in the second period, I thought we took it to the Colorado Avalanche. That being said, it's almost like they weren't engaged. And you wonder, right, when a team shows signs like that where they're really good some periods and other periods they put out a real stinker, it makes me think, okay, do you have the ability to come playoff hockey, be able to switch it to where you're on for a full 60 minutes a game? 
Can you make that switch? Can you flip the light switch to where you say, I'm engaged, I'm ready to go for a full 60 minutes? Or are those mental lapses still going to be there? With Colorado, I don't know. I don't watch enough Colorado games. But that's one of those things I always wonder when they're able to flip the light switch on and just completely annihilate you some periods. and other periods, they'd look completely, you know, uh, underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, they certainly flipped the light switch back on in the third period. I don't know what to think of Bednar as a coach, though. I know he's been there a number of years, one of the longest tenured coaches in the league, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how good he is. Obviously, he's a good offensive coach, but they have some deficiencies on the back end that they're going to have to shore up if they want to win Stanley Cup. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they're as good as Tampa was when they were getting knocked out in the first round, but they're close to that level, and they, if they don't make the necessary alterations that they need before the deadline. I don't see them winning the cup this year. I just don't. I think I think this year Colorado is a more complete offensive team than they were last year. I think defensively they still have holes. I mean, you look at Alex Newhook, right? He's still young, but he's taken a step forward, I think, in his game. I mean, Nazem Kadri has had a resurgence in his career. I mean, this is a career year for him. Of course, it's coming on a contract season, but I mean, he's had he's had a fantastic he's had a fantastic year. I'd argue Colorado, you know, is instead of it being you know is the one line team, which you know I think was rightly uh, rightly dubbed there last year. It's more of a two line team here too. But I mean, you look at how much speed they have on the team. You know, Abe Kubel, every single guy just zipping past every single one of our players fast defenseman too and it made me think to myself holy crap thank god Zidane Chara was not in the game last night because he wow. would look like a, he would look like a pylon going you know half speed and the Colorado Avalanche would have been going at two times speed he would have looked like uh what the hell's going on out here without a doubt and that was a blessing that he wasn't playing think about how bad it would have been honestly yes. i want to talk about that and about players not playing and the results we've seen as of late but i want to do one more item and talk about devon tapes okay grumpy i i need to talk about this now we had looked up and after the game i thought to myself oh, holy crap devon taves is a plus 45 this season in the 43 games he's played i was very interested to see what was the record for the best plus minus recorded in a season now that being said, right, uh, Devontae is not going to break the record for the best plus-minus ever recorded in the NHL. Just not going to happen, right? You see Bobby Orr back up there in seventy with one hundred and forty, one hundred and twenty-four. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, Devontae's, and I'll scroll through just in case anybody's calling me. You know, I'm saying I'm I'm out I'm, I'm, I'm off the cuff here. Oh, you know, right here, TJ. Look at all of these years. Every single extremely high plus minus was mostly during the 70s and the 80s. You'll notice, and this is through the first 50 individuals, and you could go check this out on your own. I, I'm not going to scroll through every single person. I think Grumpy and I did that right after the game last night. But Devon Taves has a chance to have the highest plus minus recorded in the last three decades of the NHL. Right here. Vladimir, and I can't pronounce his last name. Konstantinov. Konstantinov, plus 60. That is the highest plus minus recorded in the last 36 years. So if Devon Taves continues at this place, he's plus 15 off for having the highest plus minus recorded in the last three decades. With the style of hockey that's played today, having a plus minus of plus 60 is freaking unheard of. And you've got a guy who's averaging almost a point a game. 
I would argue, right, if there's a time for him to be a legitimate candidate at the Norris Trophy to separate himself from Kale McCarr, this is the year. Um, I'm not saying Kale McCarr is not fantastic. I'm just saying if you break the record or if you had the highest plus-minus in the last three decades of hockey, I mean, think about this. All of these plus-minuses, even in the or even in the late, even the mid-90s, the butterfly style wasn't all that ingratiated yet. Think about all these plus minus. We have never, well, we might never see a plus minus this high in the last three decades, Grump. Yep. Um, like I said, if you looked at the first, the first 50, I think you had five guys from Montreal, 70, uh, 76, 77 season. You see a lot of Wayne Gretzky on there, a lot of Bobby Orr's. I mean, just think about it. You see, I mean, just well, look, at, look at, look at Larry Robinson, 76, 77, Guy Lafleur, Steve Shutt, 76, 77. Those are uh, those are three of your top six all time. Think about that. Then you have, uh, if you scroll down a little bit more, I think Sir Chavard was in their same year, 76, 77. I mean, that's what happens when you have great teams. And here's the thing. Colorado is a really, really good team. They still need some grit, and they still need another defenseman and a goalie. I mean, that would make them virtually unbeatable if they had those elements. Um, and those are the easy things to get. Like I said, I'm looking at Flurry. Uh, defense is not the easy thing to get. Goaltender, right? You could find a stopgap guy. I think that's possible. But I tell you, you talk about a team who would who would value Scott Mayfield like nobody else. He's cheap. He's cost-effective. You have him for this year and next year, a guy who's more of a defensive defenseman, who's more physical, that plays that style. I mean, you think to yourself, okay, is Colorado a team that is built for playoff-style hockey? I don't know. Jury's still out on that. Yeah, but those are easier guys to obtain a Scott Mayfield. I mean, if they if they want him. I mean, if it all depends on if they want him or not. They could get him. They have to pay for it, but that's the type of it's not like they need uh, uh you know Nathan McKinnon or a Matt Barzell. They need, you know, defensive defensemen. They're lower on the list of, you know, optimal players. They need they have the big pieces in place. They need the second, some of the secondary pieces to be a more complete team. They're good. They're good. I just think they're going to struggle to win the cup unless they get a couple more elements to the team. That's all. Yeah, I was about to say, you talk about teams that could be a potential paper tiger if they don't make enough moves and adjustments. I think Colorado could be one of those teams. I, again, I think they're ultra-talented, ultra-talented. That being said, they've they've got a lot. They've got a lot they still need to address. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, something else I just want to mention. I know you know TJ. You steer all the things, but I ha I'm having a hard time figuring out what type of team the Islanders are, particularly in the last I want to say two three weeks. We'll have games where it looks like okay, we're looking good again. And then they lay a stinker like they did against the Kings where I'm just like, I don't understand. Has a team tuned the Barry Trotz out? What is going on? And then they play, you know, a pretty good game against uh, San Jose. And then I thought we played a good game against Colorado. And it's like. And we beat the Ducks, right? We played a good game against the Ducks. Right, the Ducks. I'm sorry. It was the Ducks. It was the, it was the second game. I'm sorry. It was the Ducks, not San Jose. But even the San Jose game, I thought we played pretty good. And the Ducks team. We played outstanding against them. And it's like, why is it that I just can't get a feeling for the team? It's like, 
Are we a team that's tuned Barry out? Because some games it looks like we totally have where everybody's just dead on the ice. And then we'll play a great game the next day. I, it's, it's hard for me to put my finger on what's going on with this team. That was not, it's not been the case under Barry Trotz in previous years where we come out just totally miserable for a whole game. It's I, like I said, it's just, it's, it's a little bit baffling to me. It's, it's, it's one of those things that's troublesome for certain. And it gives you and like for fans sake, right? When I see the way we played against Colorado, right? You could tell that Colorado was by far the better team. There was no doubt about that, but we had stretches where we looked competitive. And for a team that right when we, we look, we look woeful against, okay, we lose the Seattle crack and we get shut out at home against the Seattle crack. And okay. You know, we lose. And I'm talking about, we get dominated by the LA Kings. Okay. We lose in overtime at home. I think to the Montreal Canadians. Okay. We lose to the Buffalo Sabres. And you just think to yourself, I'm like, Oh man, we have some really bad losses, but against, you know, a team like Colorado, who's a really good team, right? I'm trying to think how many Colorado only has 10 regular season losses all season long yeah and you play them close and you have chances you take advantage of your chances and you have outstanding goaltending you're right into the third period you go into the third period with a lead and you still you lose but you play a really really solid game it's just i don't know but it's it is a step up from early in the year where we've just pretty much bad all the time underwhelming but now i would say we're we've been consistently inconsistent if you know what i mean it's like, I don't understand. Some games seems okay. It seems like we're playing like we have the last couple of years. And then it's all of a sudden we have a brutal game. I can't remember the last time I seen this play as bad as we played against the Kings. It was bad. That, was, that was, game was hard to watch, honestly. If I didn't have to do it for this show, I, I would turn it off. Because that was brutal. Just consistently inconsistent, I guess, is the way I'm looking at it. Consistent. And, it's, and it's, it's, I, don't, I don't understand that. Because it's like these guys know what's expected of them. It's not like they're new to the system. They've been playing the system for, what, three, four years now? And it's like they know what the expectations are. And how do you come out so flat? And it still frustrates me when we have a flat first period. And that's been really consistent. Again, just flat against Colorado. They just jumped on us from Jump Street. And it was like, what is going on here, guys? I mean, I realized... And it ha- the players have to realize, too, that the chances of making the playoffs are slim. But still, I'd like to see more jump. I just would. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about what we've seen. In the last few games, I thought we've looked good. Even though we lost against Colorado, I thought there were signs of hope. And, you know, we, we beat the Ducks, right? We look good when we beat the Ducks. Yeah. Now, there are people... And some, I'm sure, do so facetiously, and some do so with actual thought. I think behind their behind their comment, they think that the team is playing better without Matt Barzal. Matt Barzal's out of the lineup, and we're playing better hockey. You're right. We beat the Anaheim Ducks. You know, we looked miserable against the LA Kings, but we beat the Ducks when when Matt Barzal's not in the lineup. And then, okay, we you know I, there happens just to be correlation here, Grump. Okay, here's the way I look at it. Whenever a star player goes down, you can see a team rally around each other to pick up everyone's game, picks up a little bit. It's not sustainable long-term, but you can make some moves early on. That said, 
is Matt Barzell really a good fit for the Barry Trot style of hockey? No, he's not. I think everyone would agree with that. He's our best player. But I don't think the team is better without him. Like I said, just for a couple of games, we've looked okay. And maybe it's just shaking things up a little bit, which we know Barry is loath to do. If you shake things up a little bit, maybe you get some better results. Like I said, I like the pairing uh, yesterday of Bailey with Wallstrom and Bellows. I like that pairing. Bailey is defensively responsible playing third line. I have no problem with him there. He's not going to shoot, but he's got two guys who really want to shoot the puck. So, I mean, I know they didn't get results last night, but I did like that line, at least on the ice when they did play together. The, the minutes for the two wingers was not enough for my liking. And Barry just needs to let go of that. He just leave, take the reins off those kids. In this season, where we're at, those kids need to play 15, 16 minutes a night. Stop playing all the, all the vets, you know, overloaded minutes and sitting those kids. They need more ice time to get better in every situation. I I, I kind of want to go ahead and talk. I, you know, I'm not opposed to playing the younger guys more. All right, it's just not going to happen. Bellows and Wallstrom play minimal minutes every single night. I mean, it's just it's as simple as it is. And I, I think for people to opine that because Matt Barzal is out, the team is playing better, I think is foolish. Matt Barzal is an excellent player. But I think you're right, though, Grum. He is not a player that's meant for this system. This is this is not the system that allows Matt Barzal's game to thrive. It just isn't. But he's by far the best player on this team. And if you think if we subtract the best player on this team, right, we're going to be successful, I think you're crazy. This is not John Tavares 2.0, right? You lose John Tavares, everybody thought, oh, the team's going to be miserable. And we had an unbelievable bounce back. Uh, you know, we make the playoffs without John Tavares. Oh, who would have ever thought that? Yeah, Matt Barzal is yeah. different than John Tavares. That is for certain. Yeah, but... Okay, it was the the system change that we had that enabled us to make the playoffs. Don't tell me the team is better off without John Tavares. It, it's not true. I mean, was he worth the seven years or whatever he was going to get eight years from us? No, because it was going to be a bad contract at the tail end. But, I mean, don't tell me that if Tavares was on this team, we wouldn't be better. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just kind of foolish. And the same thing with I think Tavares. I think Tavares was an issue in the locker room. I don't know about that. I, I, I again, I think we've got a really, really close locker room. I don't think. I, I don't know. He 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 always seemed kind of. Anytime you 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 hitch your ride to a captain who is again, I, I think captains can lead by example. You have to be somewhat vocal though. It's just not what he is. And when you know your captain is led by a guy who. Maybe he doesn't speak much in the locker room. Maybe, you know, the way he interacts is not – he he's he never was a vocal guy ever, right? Sometimes you need your captain to be a little bit vocal in the locker room after you get your ass kicked by a team, right? You need to have a guy stand up and say, that's unacceptable. This is how we – John Tavares would strike me as a guy where if you got your ass kicked, he just would sit quietly, get undressed, and leave. That's a t I'm just complete conjecture on my part, but how quiet and how soft-spoken he was, he does not seem like a guy who takes the locker room by the reins and steers it the way it needs to be in order to be successful. I'm not talking about his ability as a captain. I was talking about his ability as a player on the ice. As on the yeah, ice, he's fantastic. That. On the ice, he's fantastic, but sometimes the chemistry matters a bit too. Um. Yeah, but I mean, you can't say that the players that played with him had bad chemistry with him. 
I mean, he made every he made the players on his line better. I mean, that's that's what I mean. That's how you can tell a player is really good. That better than Matt Barzal does. I think he makes the players, the current players we have on our team, better than what Matt Barzal can elevate the current players on our team to. Okay, how was Matt Barzal when he had Parise and Palmieri on his line? How how good were they playing with those two guys on there? You keep moving your little straps, so I hear that. Um, thank you, Grom. Um, but he was he was much better. He was much better when he had guys that were competent that could skate that forechecked. You saw his number one, his line mates play. They elevated, and you saw Matt Barzal's play elevate. They were that's and that's the thing. He has that ability. You just have to put him with the right pieces, and that's uh, to me that's a failure of Barry Trotz. Honestly, is that you haven't realized that before now? I mean. Anders Lee should never play with Matt Barzell again, ever, never, ever, because he's not a fit. And we've been saying that for two years, three years. However, since ever since he's been, ever since Trotz has been coach and Lee's been on that first line, we've been saying it's not a good fit for Matt Barzell. No. And that's, that falls firmly on the coach because you see the difference. When was Matt, Matt Barzell at his best? Anthony Bavillier and Jordan Eberle on his wings. Because they could skate. When you take away someone who can skate, Lee, Komarov, or whoever, Bailey. I mean, sorry, it just doesn't work out. When you put players who can skate, that's conducive to Matt Barzell's game. And like I said, look at how Paul Mary and Parise have done when they were teamed up with Barzell. They were really, really good. Much better than they played all year long. So yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I, I can't I can't ascribe to that theory that we're better off without Matt Barzal. I'm sorry. I, just, I think no. that we also are not mentioning that the same games Matt Barzal has not played in. A big six foot eight defenseman hasn't played in those games either. We're talking, of course, about Zidane Chara. I've yeah. said it once and I'll say it again. He is a hideous defenseman at this point of time in his career. Idiots. I'm not going to shit talk the guy. He's a first bout Hall of Famer. He's a fantastic defenseman over his career. But it, can we also say it's not coincidental? I think it's I think it's easier to ascribe to the thought process that the team is better without Zidane Chara on the ice. Yeah, but look at who replaced him. Instead of replacing with the Robin Sallow, for instance, someone who can skate and move the puck like Aho and Dobson. You put Andy Green back in. Well, Ajo's been on the ice throughout the time. I, I, but I'm saying they're the same type defenseman. They're puck-moving defensemen. Green, okay, here's the thing. Green is still more mobile than Zidane. Here's the thing. This is, no, 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 no. This is, no, we have to talk about this. I'm not going to I'm not gonna let us glaze over this, Grumpy. I'm going to tell you this. Noah Dobson has to carry and cover up. Anybody who's on the ice with Daniel Chara has to play one and a half times more than what they would with an actual competent defensive partner. It's as simple as that. Zidane Chara is a freaking anchor. He's an anchor. And anytime you have a unit where you have to rely upon your partner and you have a guy who moves at about half the speed of most NHL defensemen and he cannot cover the he cannot cover the ground that is necessary for your unit to be successful, you have to start trying to overcompensate. And that makes you less it makes you it makes you less skilled at your position and it causes you you to have also additional errors. I'm sorry, Grump. Not I'm not buying that. No, I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is Andy Green. Really, not much better. If you, I mean, his his career is over too, for the most part, right? 
Oh, look at this. This is and this is Rich A. Thank you for sending me this. He says no adoption when he doesn't have to be when he doesn't have to babysit Daniel Char anymore. Dobby is free. I loved. Dobby I laughed my ass off yesterday. Free. I laughed my ass off when you sent that to us, Rich, yesterday. Thank you. It's hilarious. Unbelievably funny. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue though, Grump, about Andy Green. Yeah, I mean, would you rather have Robin Sallow or Andy Green out there? You see what I'm anybody, saying? Anybody but Chara. And that was the thing when people are like, oh, you would rather have Sebastian Ojo than Zidane Chara? I said, yes, every which way to Sunday. I, Zidane Chara cannot skate. I think Chara is better than Andy Green. What? I'm sorry. I just don't think much of Chara. I just don't. The things he's good at now are getting in fights, and he could change momentum like that for certain. He does, and he has done that sometimes this season. He's done that, and it's led to a direct, it's directly correlated to a win for us. But regarding play on ice, Andy Green hasn't been great. Neither has Adano Chara, right? In an ideal scenario, you don't play with any of them. But Andy Green, after he replaced Adano Chara, had been rested for about a week and a half, two weeks. Andy Green with adequate rest is an okay defenseman still. Andy Green, when you're playing every single game amongst an 82-game season, cannot do the job. Andy Green is a good seventh defenseman who could spot start you about four or five games and then find himself back on the bench to get rejuvenated and ready to go. That's what Andy Green is. Andy Green was never going to be successful rolling him out there every single night and said, hey, Andy, we're going to have to have you play at least 18 minutes tonight, and we're going to need you to do that for the first 40 games of the season. That's not what Andy green could do at this point in his career yeah but that's why i'm saying i'd much rather have um i'd much rather have zidane ochara over andy green but optimally i'd like robin sallow to be playing instead of andy green if Chara's out um if you look at uh yesterday there was sometimes it would dobson was paired out there with aho that's a bad defensive pairing Yes, that's a bad defensive pairing. That's a dumb defensive pairing because Dobson, as much as we like him, he's not a hundred percent developed defensively, and Sebastian Aho needs work on the defensive side. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, to me, I like Sebastian Aho as a bottom pairing guy. Absolutely, I think he'd be really, really good with Scott Mayfield. I think they're a good team. The problem is, I don't think Pulak has been that good this year. Uh, Pelic has been good. And Dobson's been real good too. They've been our two best defensemen and Mayfield after that. But it's really, there's a drop off after that. There just is. At this point, if you're going to have uh, Chara out of the lineup, though, I'd much rather have Sallow and then kind of, you know, jigger it around. So, you know, hold you on, hold on, hold on. What word was that? Jigger it, you know, like j- jiggering the lines around. J- jiggle? Yeah, whatever. A maneuver? I, j- yeah, whatever. <laughs> Okay. I'm just giving you a hard time, Grump. Mix them up a little bit. There I it mean, is. I mean, eventually, I'd love to see Pelic with Dobson. Tell me that wouldn't be a great defense pairing. I think Ryan Bullock's taking a step back. I think Ryan Bullock's taking a step back this year. Maybe still hurt. Okay? That's the caveat. I don't know. But he's not looked good. He's not looked good. And he did score. Against Darcy Kemper. I mean, that was a weak goal that Darcy Kemper allowed. No doubt count. about it. They all count. Good for I know. Him. I know. I know. I'm just saying. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't one where it's like, oh, it was a it was a howitzer from the point from Ryan Pulak. No. The guy 
right when we originally had drafted him and even when he was in, you know, Bridgeport and juniors, right? He was a guy who was supposed to be a power play quarterback. He was supposed to have an unbelievably hard slap shot and he's going to score a lot of goals. You just never find the net. I would rather him take a little off, put the puck on that a little more like we did yesterday because you're going to have mistakes like that. The Darcy Camper made, maybe you're going to score a few goals or the puck gets, you know, deflected out front of that. Yeah. I mean, but he is what he is at this point, right? He's 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 a finished product. He's not going to alter his game at this point in time. Just not going to happen. He is what he is. Solid defenseman. Mm. Five million a year, more than enough to pay for him. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, he's. I'm glad they didn't give him any more though, because he's not been very. I don't think he's been very good this year. Could be injury issues. Could be a lot of things. I don't know, but he's not been good this year. Mm. Mm -mm. No, I, I don't disagree. Um, so I think we've covered a few of the items we wanted to cover that we had on the list. Was there anything else you wanted to cover before we start kind of getting into? I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Lou Lamarillo's comments um, about not wanting to sell off core pieces of the team and that uh, you know he still believes in the abilities that this team has, blah, blah, blah. All GM speak. This is a day ago. March the 1st. No, 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 no. What, this what core is done. No. The core is done. Please don't ro roll the same cast and characters out next year. You think it's bad this year? Wait till next year. He we, said, we, we actually might have a few more points, but we're not contending for a Stanley Cup. We'll be looking to scrape in as the eighth playoff spot. That's what we'll be doing. Like when you hear this, right? I, it screams coach speak to me. So when people are asking like, and I think that a lot of people are worried about, you know, exactly what he said. I'm just going to pull up the clips and I'm pulling it from the athletic. I'm just pulling up the actual verbiage that Lou Lamarillo had said. Um, he said, uh, I certainly know where we stand. Um, I also, I also know what I believe in our abilities are. Our abilities are yikes. Um, I'll just take it day by day right now. Or I'll just take it right now, a day at a time until we get to a point where decisions have to be made. Uh. I do not think any different of this team or uh, at this time, than I would have, I would think if we were say in a playoff spot today or out of a playoff spot, because there are so many things that you think of everything you do is for today with tomorrow in sight that will never change okay can you put it back up there leave it up there please yes i can pull it back up i'll do that the thing that burns my butt most of all in that whole statement if you can put it back up i've got it grumpy god damn. okay it says um i'll just take it right now a day at a time until we get to the point where decisions have to be made see that's a problem that's this a was, problem a, this was a day ago. It, it doesn't matter. It could be six months from now. What he no, said. No, no, no. When I said it was a day ago, I mean this wasn't like he made this comment in December. This was to yesterday, March first. No, it's the mindset I'm talking about. He I'm, so, in other words, instead of being proactive and starting to move these guys, or uh, he's going to wait till the last second. He's always done that, right? He always said, you know, if you have time, you use it. Well, sometimes, you know, the early bird gets the freaking worm. And I'm going to tell you what, that's a saying that's as old as time, right? Lou Lamarillo, if he was a bird, 
he'd be dead by now. He would have fallen out of the nest, got eaten by a cat. Who the hell knows what could happen because he was too lazy to get early enough to make a move early enough to go get that worm. As soon as his mama stopped pulling the worms out and feeding them, he'd be dead. That's what would have happened. Oh, man, oh, man. Make a freaking move. Don't be afraid to make a move. Be proactive, not reactive. And, I mean, that, here's the thing, too. I think he knows the season is over. I don't think he has any premonition or thought that it's not. So when he says, oh, we're just taking it day by day, it sounds like he's just trying to say a whole lot of nothing, nothing not to answer the question. And again, general managers do that. He then goes on and continues to say, I have a real strong belief in this core. There's no question of that, he said. Um, we've had some players this year um, have had some slow starts in areas that they've been proficient in. We've got scores who are supposed to score. And we've got other people that are supposed to play different roles. We haven't had that on a consistent basis. It's obvious. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You got to shake it up then, Lou. That's what you got to do. I have a strong belief in this core. Now, I always ask the question, do you think he says he has a strong belief in the core because he seriously believes that? Or do you think he says that because he knows and understands that this core, they're not going to let him rebuild, that this core, he has one shot left to win a Stanley Cup. He's not going to be a general manager into his mid-80s, just not going to happen. And he thinks to himself, this is the last chance I have. I have to believe 100% in this core if we want to have a chance to win. Do you think he actually believes or he's forced to believe because of the situation he's built for himself? Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know how he thinks. I'm going to tell you how he should think. You do what's best for the team in the long term. We're not winning a Stanley Cup with this core. Not happening. And if he knows it, he's a fool for saying it or for saying, let's roll it out there again. It's over. Over. We've been passed by so many teams in the last year. Passed. I mean, and not just inched by, blown away by. Blown away by. Mm. And here's the thing. He has to like the core. He signed them all to ridiculous long-term deals that were undeserved. That's his, Those are his guys. It just it, He'd be admitting failure otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it has been a failure. Unless you win a Stanley Cup, you failed. If you're not first, you're last. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> is that what it is, huh? Ricky Bobby, Grumpy? If you're not first, you're last. Oh, good gracious, man. Good gracious. Um, we're going to get into our ad read. Uh, grumpy old man today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings hoop fans the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA is too good to pass up I'm talking between the legs 360 windmill good new customers can bet just one dollar on any team and win 150 in free bets um, if they win it's that simple if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions in total prizes um, with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NBA team and win 
win 150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 years or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum of a $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text TN Redline, which is 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369-GRUMP. Hope-NY. Hope-NY, baby. Have they changed up the ad recently? Because actually, you sound like you're pretty good at it now. Yeah, I just kind of have committed to memory. When you read it so many times, Grumpy, you just get kind of... Hopefully they haven't changed it up and you just didn't bother reading it. No, Grumpy. I'm making Grumpy. I checked. I checked, Grumpy. Don't you worry, your pretty little head, Grump. I checked. Don't you worry, Grump. All right. All right. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'll tell you. Um, I want to bring up kind of a different topic here. Um, (laughs) Talking about Robin Sallow. Um, let's, I'll show you the quote from him today in Alaska. If you think, do you think Robin Sal is happy? He said, to be completely honest, Bridgeport's not a great place to live in. Uh, it's probably a bit, it's probably a bit of a den. Uh, I'd probably much rather live on Long Island, but there's nothing I could do about it. Now I play for Bridgeport and then, uh, and then I have to make the best of the situation. I don't know what the question was, (laughs) but that's what not, do you think of Bridgeport? Not a glowing review. Yeah. I mean, God, fellas, just be smarter than that. You're That's 25 years. Was he 24 years old? He's 24, 25 years old. He should know how to answer a question like that. Yeah. That's a bad answer. Yeah. I mean, just say, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just trying my best, working hard, trying to get my way back up to Long Island. That's all you have to say. What do you, what do you think about Bridgeport? You don't talk if you sucks. if you hate the place, you don't say that's ah, kind of a bit of a den. You said the people here have been very welcoming. I've loved the relationships I've gotten to build over the past few months with players in the organization. Brent Thompson has been really opening and they really try to make sure they put me in a position for success. I'm really appreciative about the organization. That's all you say. It's like simple. How do you respond? The guy's 24 years old. It's not like he's 16, 17, 18 years old. He's been answering questions from the press for years now. It's like when when Josh Hosang would do that shit. I think to myself, Josh, I know it's true, but guess what? All you're doing is shooting yourself in the foot. I know it's true, Josh, but don't shoot yourself in the foot. You're going to give away any chance you have. This is worse, in my opinion. No, this couldn't be worse than what Josh Hosang yeah, used to say. Hosang wasn't talking about the area that he was living in. Hosang used, used yeah. He wasn't talking about the temporary housing situation he had in Bridgeport. I've never lived in Bridgeport. Maybe it's a shithole. I don't know. But, I mean, if you want to alienate the fan base, go ahead and tell them that, that the, area, the area of the country they live in sucks and it's a piece of shit. Go ahead and say that mm-hmm. because that's going to get people on your side. He's it's, trying to be a villain in the WWE yeah, I hate everybody in Massachusetts. They suck. This is a shithole of the country. I was about to say. I'm that's like, only that's only if you were wrestling in Boston. I was about to say you would change it everywhere you go. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> I just it was. I mean, it's. Yeah, I saw that and I laughed a little bit. I'm like, Robin, I mean, buddy, you can do better than that. Come on. Hosang was. He probably than- didn't mean for it to come off like that, but it didn't come off well. I don't know. I mean, the more he talked, the worse it got. 
but Hosang was different because they were killing his career. And effectively, they did for the most part. And that's why he said something. He didn't say, man, Bridgeport blows. I hate it here. That's the reason why I'm not playing. He never said that. Just foolish. Just foolish. Uh-uh. But I, I'd much rather see him with the big team as well. We're going to start getting to a few comments, Grump. Tony Hopenny says, I was worried. I thought you two joined up the fight for Ukraine. On <laughs> No, we're running late. I saw a lot of that. I was in the bathroom. I was in a prolonged one-hour-long bathroom capade was the issue. Tony Hope, and he said, uh, I was at a function, a.k.a. I was in couples therapy trying to convince my wife not to divorce me. That could be it. Who knows? Um, Matthew S. says, the very long, leaky bladder, absolutely. And I heard TJ was trying to sabotage the MLB meetings yesterday. Yeah, I'm sure about that. Yeah. We're going to talk about those in the in the CPA agreement tomorrow. tomorrow. Absolutely on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That's going to be a fun one to talk about. Um, Alex Alexander saying here, Grumpy, you need to get social media, man. That's what TJ says. I'm not allowed to because I'd be problematic. I, I, that's a diplomatic way to put it, right? I'd be problematic. Yes, you would. You would be a problem. That's that absolutely would be. I kind of so worry. Think- I worry about letting this loose cannon out here on a consistent basis my god i see people fight i used to fight on twitter and i get in back and forth bang 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 and i'm just like i can't i can't do the back and forth on twitter i know grumpy with the comments you would make you would enrage lots of fans islander fans or just people in general grumpy you just have that you have that you've got that you got that je ne sais quoi about yourself what type of response is like when somebody says something stupid when i throw out pearls of wisdom what would be inappropriate like blow me would that be inappropriate yes that would be inappropriate. really is it okay i didn't know i don't Here's know the thing. your comments grump and for those of you who use twitter you know what i'm saying there's all the comments where if it's like andrew gross says hey josh bailey tonight first line right wing people are going to say oh no this is a bad mistake they'll do a whole bunch of you know pc items and then you'll go into the hidden comments now if you scroll past all of the comments there's a separate section of comments where the people who leave mm, off the cuff comments are don't worry grumpy we'll make sure you're done by 11 o'clock eastern standard time like you want well i'll, I'll be watching the clock for you don't there's, worry there's a reason okay Okay, first of all, I well, just don't want to get distracted. Don't let me get distracted. So there's a section all the way at the bottom where it shows you can say show hidden comments, and that's where you'd see the comments from Grump where it said blow me or something else like that. If they, if they're not nice comments, Grump, and they're comments that are, I mean, like blow me would certainly be a hidden comment. Or if it's like I hate this effing guy, all of those would not be shown, and you would have to go underneath to click. I want to see the risky, the risque comments. You would have to actually elect to see that on. Every single tweet. No, no. I would say if I said something like on a tweet, Twitter, and somebody disagreed and you said "blow me," yes, yeah. I understand. Why would that get hidden? It's my comment. I, I just, it would be, it would be a hidden comment, Grump, because it's not a nice one. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I mean, what if I just put a picture of a lollipop, like a blow pop? Just put a picture of that up there. You think that would be okay? I think you'd be okay. Just have to find a, a, a way to a convoluted way to get your point across, then, Grump. I could do that. Anyway, you were talking. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh. I'd, say, I'd have to give them like something like a uh, uh, like a legend. You know, this means this. You know, the blow pop. You know, with the gum. That means blow me, and then just put it out there, and they can figure it out themselves if they're so inclined. Oh my gosh, Gumpy! No, I was giving you a hard time because you keep looking. I see you looking at the clock going. 
No, okay. okay I, I'll, I'll make sure you're done. I'll make sure okay, we're done by 11 all, Eastern Standard Time. I have I'm time to, late. We'll make sure. I have time to 11.15 today because I'm going to see an advanced screening of The Batman. Batman's uh, coming out with a movie? The Batman is what it's called with What's Robert, The Batman? Uh, Batman. It's like a reboot of Batman. Seriously. Another reboot of another superhero movie? Ugh. Lollipop me. Blow pop me. Okay, Grumpy? Yeah, whatever. I'm just saying. I'm going. I'm getting to going to see an advanced screening today for free. So I'm going to do it. All right. Here's the thing. It wouldn't have been a problem if you didn't show up an hour and fifteen minutes late. It wouldn't even have been an issue. I try to uh, adjust my social calendar to make uh, room for TJ. And admittedly, so he's more busy than I am. So I try to do that. But you can't be throwing me off like that. Uh, uh, Lou R says, what about Bailey's vision? Let's talk about the man's hockey smarts after that play in that game. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. I tell you, I tell you. Um, John M said, did you see the post article where Lou had said he's not trading away any key players? So that should answer our question. And again, I didn't, I didn't read the whole article all the way through and I didn't like, I read it only once. It was like a quick glance. I more read like where he had commented on it, but I didn't see he didn't, he wasn't trading key players, but that means, okay, Scott Mayfield's going nowhere. So they must think that, hey, we're going to have a chance to win and compete for a cup next year. So we're going to be probably trading away Scott Mayfield at the deadline next year for diminished returns as to what we could have got this year at the trade deadline, unfortunately. Okay. If that's the case, you need to get a new GM. Just, just has to happen. Ownership needs to say this product this year was not good enough. We're too old, too slow way too slow and cannot keep up with the better teams in the league. Those are just facts. They're just facts. Over the course of an 82-game season, we cannot keep up with the Carolinas, the Floridas, the Tampas, the Colorados, the Vegases, the Pittsburghs. Run them all down. Cannot keep up with them. They're too fast for us. We're too old. You need to make a change. If he's unwilling to do that, it's time to look for a replacement. Sorry. Now, and he also says, I hope it's just posturing uh, because we only have five key players all under 30. Well, I don't think he thinks of a guy like, uh, you know, when you talk about key players, I think more he's talking about. He looks at Anders Lee as a key player. Brock Nelson is a key player. Jean-Gabriel Pajot is a key player. You, if we're going down the list, I wonder if he thinks Josh Bailey is a key player, right? I can tell you, he definitely thinks Pulak, Pelik are key players, and they are. He thinks Sorokin's a key player, and he is. He thinks maybe Dobson now is a key player, which he is. I know he thinks Scott Mayfield. I think the majority of the players he thinks are key players on this team. Okay. Is Scott Mayfield really a key player? And the reason here's the reason why I asked that question. He's going to be gone after next year. Yes. If he's he will. A key, if he's a key player, why aren't you extending him now? Uh, because if you're not planning on extending him, if you want to wait until he becomes unrestricted, you're not going to resign him. He will leave because he's going to get a bigger offer somewhere else. And if that's the case, you move him to get some assets uh, in exchange for him. I mean, I believe he also thinks that Anders Lee's a key player. He's not even a top six guy for me anymore. I'm sorry. He's just not. Mm. He's, like I said, if they could move him, they should. I know they're not going to, but he's a guy who needs to be gone. His game is really tailed off. Same thing with Josh Bailey. Nelson, he's okay in spurts, 
But I just think in crunch time, he shrinks. I just I feel that about Brock Nelson. He's good against crappy teams, but in big moments against big teams, he disappears. Ugh. Last night, last night was a perfect example. He disappeared last night. This that game, that game was too big for him. And you know who stepped up and shined? I'm gonna get a first round pick at the NHL trade deadline. Parise. That's, he absolutely did. So did Palmieri. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not going to go that far. Paul no, Mary's goal. Paul Mary, he I looked okay. Well yesterday. He's, he's looked okay all season. He hadn't put the puck in because he was snake bitten earlier on this year. And now he's getting a few lucky bounces, right? That that was not a, okay. They all count the same. Goals are goals. That was an Andrews Lee special. I yeah. really thought that if you could have told me uh, this is how the goal was scored and I wouldn't be able to see who actually scored it, I would have said, oh, that's an Andrews Lee goal. Okay. I'm just saying his he played well last night. I'm not talking about results. I thought he played well last night. Some guys shrink in big moments. Brock Nelson is one of those guys. You're never going to convince me otherwise. Sorry. He, like I said, he's in his 30s. He is what he is as well. Mm. Palmieri stepped his game up, particularly when he was teamed with Barzell. And Parise absolutely has. 100% wrong on Parise this year. 100% wrong. 200% wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong about somebody than I was on Parise this year. Frank K says that non-goal call was as bad as it comes. Uh, you saw full white fixing has always existed, but now with these betting outlooks like FanDuel and DraftKings, etc., it's more prominent than ever in all sports. Ooh. Now it also involves players and not just teams and spreads. Ooh. Oh, it's like we've, Frank, Frank, we've talked about it before. I know you've listened on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Show, but we've talked about how oddly convenient, I don't believe too much in coincidences, but how oddly convenient certain things transpire that just happen to have implications on the spread. And I go, well, hold on a second. That I've, doesn't make sense. I've, I've talked about this, ad, well, not ad nauseum, but I've talked about this numerous times on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Show where everything is just a – I'm just not a big believer in coincidence, like every playoff game in the NFL coming down to the last play or overtime. Sorry. And Patrick Mahomes having what they needed 35 yards in order to cover the spread, and he had something like 40 – he had something like 49 and took 49, 15 yeah. yards. 15 minus 15 yards in QB kneels in three plays. You're like, well, hold on a second. That's a little coink. That's a coinky dink there. That's a little bit tougher to figure out, but some of the penalty calls in the Super Bowl where they let everything go and then start calling ticky-tock fouls right at the end, I'm sorry. I, I always say this. F officials set the tone for the game early, and as long as you play the same way that you've played the whole game where players know what they can and can't do, you cannot change that in the last two minutes of the game. That's It's not fair to the players. just isn't. Mm. And absolutely, absolutely, I believe in conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, Matthew, watch. I'm going to be right, though. It's going to be proven right eventually. Yep. Maybe not now. Maybe not five, six, ten years from now. But down the road, it will come out that there has been some sort of involvement where these gambling companies, as we love your gambling company, don't don't uh, get rid of us, DraftKings. But I promise you, there is something deeper going on with them. Uh, Matthew S says replay is designed to reverse an egregious call. I agree. It's not designed to go ahead and and look at it and say, oh, I think maybe it's this way or that way. It's designed to reverse a terrible call on the field. That's the intention of it. 
That's exactly right. And that's that goal yesterday. Well, the non-goal in the old, that's just a goal. I mean, they called it a goal on the ice. It was so close. It's like a fingernail thing. You know, it's like, oh, like in basketball. Oh, look, it looks like it tipped off the guy's fingernail because it altered the spin just slightly. It was, it, sorry. You should not be changing those calls. Anything that you have to look at for more than 10, 15 seconds, sorry, it is what it is. You can't, five minutes. Oh, well, let's do this slow. No, 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 no. 30 seconds tops. Let's look at it. Beep, bop, boop. Okay, nope, didn't find anything. It's dance. Beep, bop, bada, boop, bada, boop. Forget about it. Uh, Ariel C said, I think we must sign Zach Parise back. You guys might call me nuts, but uh, I like the way he's played. Here's the thing. I think we must trade Zach Parise at the trade deadline. And then I think if he wants to sign back, by all means, I would be more than happy to invite him to come back for the, I've liked what I've seen out of him. And as a bottom six guy, I couldn't ask for more uh, than Zach Parise has provided for us this year. 100% agree with you on that, TJ. 100% agree. Um, and again, I was not, I think I was kind of thinking Zach Parisi would have between 10 and 15 goals. I'm still not sure he's going to hit it, but, uh, you know, I think he's played valiantly this season. I think as a bottom six guy, I'd love to have him back. Uh, Coach Tommy B says, Sorokin kept us in that game, but too many giveaways and poor defensive clearing out in front of the net. That has to change. I was about to say, we had talked about that in the show, and that's why I brought this up, Grump. We are not doing a good job out of, of clearing out forwards in front of Sorokin. How many goals recently have come against him because he's been unimpeded and unable to see the puck? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, okay, yes, it's tough to clear out in front of the net. Here's the thing. We were overwhelmed by Colorado, just overwhelmed by their talent and it's their speed. Just, it's not just Colorado. It's happened on multiple games. But it's, it's the same formula. It's the same formula. The same type players, guys with speed who have size to them, we can't do anything with them. We just can't. We've been overwhelmed by the other team's offensive speed and aggressive forecheck. Those are the teams that kill us. Oh, hell, keeping you awake, DJ? Uh, please. I mean, are you sure we can make the rest of the podcast? You keep mm -hmm. on throwing it at my feet, but here you are yawning away over there like you got to take a nap. Oh, goodness. Andrell said, that better be the last game I see Bailey in an Islanders uniform. No. Unfortunately. I don't mind him on the third line, though. I don't mind him on third line. Don't mind him on third line at all. Yep. Uh, unfortunately not. Um, Frank is saying here, why is Anders Lee so slow? It has to be his surgery uh, and an injury. Uh, I know Grumpy old man uh I, I know grumpy old man but uh he had some good years and uh we need to train him hard to earn his contract or give back some of that money <laughs> he's not going to give back the money um he's always been slow he's never been a good skater uh i don't I think now when you're in your 30s and you add injuries on top it's gonna you know it's gonna expedite your drop off it, your, your skating is going to drop off quicker than if you were healthy and younger yeah, he just anyone we predicted this as soon as that contract was the ink wasn't even dry on his contract extension, and I was saying that's just a terrible deal, and it's never going to age well. And here's the thing: it's not getting better; it's going to be getting worse. He's not a top six forward anymore. And can you? I mean, can you afford to pay a bottom six player seven million dollars a year? 
I don't know. No, I don't think the answer so. Answer that question is no. Um, you could, you could, if you were loaded with guys on entry level deals, and then his leadership would mean something. But that's not what our team is about. Mm. Um, Shay says here, uh, there's a video of Bailey saying he always thinks first. It's gotten me in some trouble, and sometimes, you know, it's my type of game. Holy shit! Oh, <laughs> Bailey, just shut your mouth. And Shay, you know what? No, you know what they say. Uh, acknowledging a problem is the first thing to correcting a problem. There it you is. You have to acknowledge that you have a problem. Like if you're an alcoholic Acceptance or something. Acceptance is the first step, is what they say. Whatever. That you have a problem. Yes. Um, Shay says here, Wallstrom didn't get any ice time in the third period, and Bellows got like two minutes at the end of the third. I don't know how much Wallstrom got of ice time, but he doesn't play much five on five hockey. And and I think to myself, Phil is like, oh, he needs to be better in five on five hockey. And I think to myself, you know what? The guy's getting like 10 minutes of ice time a game in like two, two and a half minutes of those are coming on the power play. And you think to yourself, okay, he gets like six and a half minutes to seven minutes on five on five play. And you want to know why? Look at, okay, it's look at the Kings. Damn game. Look at the Kings. Two and a half years, they rebuilt it from like the worst team in the league. Two and a half years, they did a rebuild. Two and a half years is all it took. The Rangers, three years. That's a rebuild. That's a full-on rebuild that they did. And we're afraid to do that. I'm sorry. But you look at you look at the Kings. All their young guys play big minutes. Do they make mistakes? Yeah. But here's what. They're learning how to play the game. So when they're still in, their, in the prime of their career, they're going to be fully rounded as players. That's not happening here. The fact that you're shackling the Bellows, the Ahos, the Dobsons until recently, um, the Wallstroms, you're just hurting your team in the long run, and you're hurting their development as well. Mm. What does Josh Bailey or Anders Lee give you that Wallstrom and Bellows don't give you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They're not out there scoring 50 goals a year. They're not playing any defense. I'm going to say that about Lee. These guys, they're interchangeable parts. Play the young guys. Let them work through whatever issues they have. Grill them harder at practice. They're the future of the team. The other guys are the past. Stop riding the past. It's over. The credits have rolled on this team. I mean, it's over. Who do we see at the end? Are we getting now, oh, Grumpy? Where Where's are the, we? Will we see the credits at the end? Are we currently right? Give me a sec, Grumpy. Are we where it's just now listing the main actors and the directors? Or are we all the way down at like technical film support and technical lighting? We're down to where it says the songs. Because that's the last thing they play before the end. And then you hear, and the screen goes, you know, when they used to have, instead of digital, they used to have the film. Screen is white. No, we're finished. Noah W says, any chance we we see Lou move into a more advisory role next season? This is what we've been wishing and hoping and praying on. That right, you don't get rid of Lou, but this is when you start saying, "Hey, Lou, you got this is your last year. We're going to bring in, uh, you know, Johnny Johnny Two Shoes, and he's going to be a young guy that we want you to learn, and you, we want him to bring, you know, more of the younger style, the newer NHL style game, but we want him to learn under you." My plan and it's brilliant, of course, 
is you brilliant plan. You play take some player personnel director from one of the good teams, the up and coming teams, the Carolinas, the Tampas, uh, the Floridas, the Colorado, whatever, and you put make them assistant GM. That's what you do, and you train them for two years, and then you move Lou up to president. But this guy works side by side with Lou. Maybe gives him a little bit. Hey, Lou, we need to do this a little bit differently. But he has to have some input, right? That's what you should do. You should be training right now for your next GM. I don't want to see Fredo taking the ferry across from Bridgeport and taking a spot as a GM when Lou retires. That's what I don't want to see. And I hope we don't. I've got something to show you now. This, this I'm sure will actually bring you. They'll give you. This will give you some nostalgia, Grump. Alexander said it is must watch the first 27 seconds of this. So Alexander, I've got. I haven't. I haven't pre-vetted it beforehand, uh -oh. but I know Alexander. What Grumpy? 2008 when Bailey was drafted. <laughs> do you know who already what it is, Grumpy? I, I haven't even told even, you what I this is. Oh, yeah, it's Josh Bailey. Here it is. Yes, this is a Josh Bailey draft. That's correct, Grump. My name is Josh Bailey from Bowmanville, Ontario. I play center for the Windsor Spitfires. Favorite NHL player is Joe Sackick. I think I'm more of a playmaker with, uh, with good vision. You know, I think I see the ice well, and uh, I always think pass before I shoot, which uh, has got me in trouble over the years, and uh, coaches telling me to shoot more and whatnot, but uh, I don't know. It's just the way I play, I guess. He's a good playmaker. <laughs> That's just the way I play, I guess. It's not like he hasn't known this his entire career. Shoot the freaking puck more. But, I mean, when you think about it, Josh, I mean, Matt, Matt Barzal passes the puck a little more than I'd like him to, but at least he's shown improvement on that through the first four years of his, five years of his career. Josh, You can't, you can't drive the net one-on-zero with a goalie and pass out. You cannot do it. And that's what he did last night. I know. I think pass sometimes. I think pass before I shoot. I know sometimes it's gotten me in Whenever trouble. Whenever you think pass, shoot. Shoot. shoot the puck. <laughs> oh, my God, Alexander. That's a good one. Oh, good gracious. Good gracious. Oh, I tell you, it is something else. Um, Ariel C said, Lou telling the media he's not thinking about selling him at the deadline. He still believes this in this group. Uh, that better be him just speaking out of his ass. I don't think it is. I think he knows that they have got to, if they want any chance to win, it's got to be with this group. They can't have, they need to definitely retool. They're not going to see crazy radical changes this offseason. I really don't expect it. I'll be interested to see how many guys we trade off our team at the deadline. I think we have at least four, bare minimum four that need to be traded. Will we trade at least four? That's the question. The trade deadline's only 20 days away. The problem is that the guys you're going to be moving, are just fringe pieces, right? 37-year-old Parisi. I mean, I don't think Andy Green has any value at all. Chara, 44 years old. Uh, Clutterbuck, 34, 35, whatever he is. They're just auxiliary pieces. You're going to have to subtract from the core. If you want the team to get better in the long run, you got to replace some of the core guys. Period. If you don't do it, you're not going to get better. Just not going to happen. Sorry. Going to have to move a guy like Bailey or a guy like Lee or, you know, a Palmieri, whatever. Guys who are in their 30s, you're going to have to start moving some of the top six out, the perceived top six, move them out to get better players into the lineup. If you want to become a good team, it's what you're going to have to do. The longer you put it off, the more pain you're just going to give to the fan base. That's all it's going to do.
and look at it like this too. You're going to go through a time period where you're going to have people in your bottom six earning more than people in your top six. Yeah. But here's the thing. You have to go with what you think will be the best option going forward. Oliver Wallstrom playing 10 minutes a night is not the answer. Just not the case. I mean, playing Anders Lee still in the top six role is not the answer going forward. Um, and then uh, Chris S. saying here, Varlamov, Mayfield, and Clutterbuck would be good for Colorado. I'll tell you one thing. Anywhere that a team needs a goalie, Varlamov is a good fit. Any team could use a guy like Scott Mayfield, and Cal Clutterbuck adds sandpaper. Any team could use a guy like Cal Clutterbuck for a playoff push. Noah W. said, go ahead, Grump. Uh, nothing. I, I just don't think it's realistic, those three guys going to Colorado. No, no, absolutely not. Um, and 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 uh, Noah W says here. I hear people saying that we got to bring back P- Parise. I would like to, but do we really think he would want to come back? I feel like he's chasing a cup. That's fine. Like I said, he's on an expiring deal. We're not going anywhere. You trade him if he wants to come back. He can sign back next year. Nothing wrong like that. Andrew says, since the Avs need Clutterbuck, Varley, and Mayfield, why wouldn't you do that and give us Taves back? No, they're not, no, they're not dumb like we are. They're not dumb like Lou Lamarillo, dumb. They're not moving Taves. No, no way. Uh, David D says, opposing uh, opposing this question, uh, if unrestricted free agents, Philip Forsberg, Thomas Hurdle, uh, Johnny Goudreau, uh, get re-signed with their current clubs or traded to a team uh, and they sign an extension, um, a player like Tarasenko that would have been less last summer, uh, St. Louis will now want a first round or a roster player and a top prospect. What does Lou Lamarillo do in the offseason? Um, well, Nashville said that they want to re-sign Forsberg. You know, who knows? Why I think they, they offering to trade him then. I, I I think they change their mind every other week. Thomas Hurdle, honestly, would be a good fit for this team. He plays good defense in center position. But again, you're going to have to move out somebody else's existing in your top six. And I don't think Johnny Gaudreau has, is never going to sign here. Sorry. Yeah, he's got no interest. Again, and- it's a system thing. Players who are, who are high-scoring players are not going to want to play for Barry Trotz where they you know have to play defense first. Just not going to happen. Sorry. Rich. Rich A said, we need to be asking for prospects, not pick. We want players like a Justin Barron from the Avalanche or maybe even Oscar Olison. Why are teams going to trade their top prospects? They're not. They're going to give away draft picks. Very rarely do you see. I mean, certainly for the guys that we're looking to move, those are draft pick guys. They're not, they're not going to get a prospect, a good prospect for a 37-year-old and a 35-year-old. Just not going to happen. Sorry, Rich. Mm-mm-mm. And then we got a comment here from Chris S. saying here, um, they have to hope that Ratu plays good, and hopefully his this year's second-round pick, uh, they get, uh, uh, they need to get somebody. Uh, trade is bad if, you know, the, they draft you know, good, or they dra- the trade's bad. Um, if they draft good, it's not. It's not as bad. Talking about, you know, if they trade away second. They're talking about the Devon Taves trade. I'm sorry. Right, they got Aturatu. If he performs well, you know, it makes the trade not as bad. And if we get another good player this year's second round pick from Colorado, then it's not as bad as a deal. Wasn't the Colorado aren't the Colorado picks already in the bank? One we traded away to get Andy Green, or it was our pick and we kept their pick. I, I, I thought I thought that deal's already completed. 
I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Okay. Um, two minutes past mistaking said, I don't watch any non-Islander games, but Colorado's ability to go through the neutral zone and Kale McCarr, wow. They were fantastic. We, we had no recipe for stopping them entering our zone. None. None. We just kept backing up, backing up. They just came out of with speed, and they're big, too. It's not like they're a bunch of mites out there. There's some big guys, too. They can all skate. And they, as a unit, they're just fantastic together. Um, just really, really quickly, no, we have Colorado's dra- second round draft pick this year because yeah. our draft pick is going to go to the Arizona Coyotes, and it's whichever one's more favorable. So we're going to have Colorado's draft pick. Okay, so basically, it's the top of the third round. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, so how'd that work out for us? Ideal, pretty good, not right? Good, not good. Um, uh, but you're right. We were talking about it yesterday. He, the, the, the style that Colorado plays and what you saw on the ice was it's beautiful. It was brilliant hockey, right? They, they talk about brilliant football, brilliant soccer. That was brilliant hockey across the board. No doubt about it. Wars you know, Chase, no, Chase got a nice looking family. He does. He does. Grump, Grumpy, are you okay? Keep looking up. You keep, I don't know, Grumpy. You keep looking up over there. Huh? We're going to be in time. What are you worried about? Just keep on doing the show. Oh, my God. We're trying to micromanage my movements, please. Oh, my gosh. I already got got one warden in my life. I don't need another one. (laughs) Warzone here saying the Islanders are back tracking or they're backtracking as long as the armadillo and the dinosaur Lou are here. True. I don't disagree. Uh, and then Frank also saying, yes, uh, Rick, uh, players is always a, players are always safer than picks. All sports teams are pick crazy. But what's the percentage of success? First of all, teams don't want to give up on prospects that they've developed and they feel are good. They just they put the time and effort into developing. And, and they know what they have, to, too. Excuse me. They know what they have in those players as right. well. Right. So they know what their strengths and weaknesses are, how they fill in, um, how they uh, fit in the organization, and draft picks are just draft picks. They're uh, two, three years away, where guys who you know they've been in the system for a couple of years, they're way closer to playing in the game. Mm-hmm. And then what a film saying: Varlamov has a slightly better goals against average and save percentage than Mark Andre Fleury, but uh, he's played less games. Don't forget though how good Varlamov was in the playoffs last year. Flurry's better than Varlamov. Sorry, Woulda. I mean, look at how well Mark Andre Flurry played last year in the playoffs and in the regular season. Right, he won the Vesna. He he had a fantastic year last year. I think both goalies are good goalies. They're both goalies are a lot better than what majority of these teams have that are making a playoff push. So you yeah. know, if you're thinking to yourself, how can I improve? Adding a better goalie would improve, right? I just think Mark Andre Flurry is better than Varlamov. Yeah, I do too. I don't even think it's close, honestly. Tommy B says Colorado could probably use a player like Clutterbuck and Parise to add some grit and character. Remember, Colorado already traded traded away their first round pick, and Florida is another team who's already traded away their first round pick. Yeah, I don't think Florida is good enough to win the cup either. I don't think they're good enough. They're but I don't think they're buttoned up enough defensively. They have a lot of games where they give up five, six goals. They win those games, but still, you know, playoffs a little bit different. David D says here, Colorado and Toronto will not win a cup. Uh, will not win the cup again this year. Um, all offense and they lack defense. The trade deadline will tell if they make any additions. Both teams are similar. I think Colorado's 
way better than Toronto. Um, but they both have the same issues, if you know what I mean. A little bit of grit, defense, and a goalie. Mm. And then Tim Ward said, that being said, we always say that being said. <laughs> That's a you thing, isn't it? You say the same thing, I think, too, Grumpy. Uh, Paulo C. said, watch out for Calgary in the playoffs. Great goaltending, only 125 goals against with a goal differential of a plus 57. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. They're good. Sutter has added, uh, Daryl Sutter has added a defensive structure, very similar to Barry Trotz, but with just way better players. That's why they're doing well. That's why you're seeing the jump from Calgary. I don't, I still, I'm not, I know Markstrom has been good, but I don't know how good he's going to be in the big moments. That's my concern for Calgary. He was like two years ago from being a bust, total bust. Um, we're coming through Matthew S saying, I think Matt Martin is done. Um, I guarantee you, Matt Martin is done. And it just makes you think, what a great four year signing. That was that we signed the six million dollar man to another one. Here's another the thing: one. you can bury him, and it's only like a few hundred thousand against the cap hit. You could put it in Bridgeport, put his contract in Bridgeport. It's only a few hundred thousand against the cap, and a couple of shovels of dirt. <laughs> bury him. <laughs> oh man, um, Christopher C said, "TJ, for the future, make sure you also mention that you don't go live on the West Coast, Coast games." Just a heads up. Yes, we do not go live on the West Coast games. Yeah, also make sure we add that to the front end. Thank you, there, Christopher. Um, Matthew also also said last night's loss bothered me, even though you know it shouldn't be. It shouldn't considered our position. I hate when a t when a game is taken out of our hands by Toronto. Talking about the review booth. Yeah, we played well enough to win yesterday. We really did. I mean, it's a shame. But, like, at this point, I don't even care if we lose games. hope we actually do. I mean, it's just, you know, we're not. if we're not going to make the playoffs, I want us to at least get a top 10 pick. Let me just put it that way. I don't want to see us win a bunch of games at the tail end and, you know, missing the playoffs by 10 points, but we're, you know, 14th in the standings. I, I don't want that. Play the younger guys. Go through the growing pains now. Live with the with the growing pains now. So this way, next year they know what to expect and they can step into the lineup. That's what that's what you should be thinking about if you're head coach right now and GM. Mm. Who can play for us in the future? We know we're going to have to make changes to the roster. Who on our team, Bridgeport, whatever, can be solid contributors going forward, and who can't? Because if you can't. Good, that's another hole for us. Mm -mm -mm. Um, got a comment here from uh, Angela N saying Tavares is Captain Mope. <laughs> he always Mope. did look a little mopey. He did look a little mopey. Um, Paulo C says here, yes, sometimes we look like a team from last year, and sometimes we look like a bad team. It tells me we're not playing for trots like we used to. I think they're tired of playing his system. And that's another thing, right? Last year, at this point, the season would be just about over and going into the playoffs. Now you're playing a full 82. You know, does that have something to do with it also? Um, want you to size says here, Stevie Y wasn't vocal at all. 
and was a lead by example captain. He's one of the greatest captains of all times. Stevie Y was articulate and he, you could just tell Stevie. Okay. It seemed like John Tavares was socially awkward. I would say that, right? Look at every interaction. And again, I'm not just pulling one and I'm going to pull a few isolated incidents, but it was like that over and over again. I could point at a million of these when he's at his wedding and all the guys are drinking a beer and he's just kind of awkwardly sitting there with a weird smile. And everybody's like, yeah, hey, let's drink a beer, a shotgun, a beer. Everybody on the team's doing it. He's just like, with a weird look on his face at his wedding. And you look at other incidents where it's like a team unity bonding and he just looks like the odd man out. So let me ask you a question, TJ. When you got married, did all your buddies say, hey, let's go pound down some shots when your wife was around? Did they do if that? I was a professional sports player and we had, let's just say, I was a professional hockey player and we had uh, seven or eight teammates there like, yeah, hey, let's get a picture of us pounding a beer. I'm like, I don't drink beer, but I shotgun a beer because whatever, we're doing it. This is my last time seeing I'm, I'm not playing in, in New York anymore. I'm going to play for Toronto. And these people, I've been a part of my life for the last 10 years. Whatever. I'll shotgun a beer. I'm not a beer guy, but I'll shotgun a beer. Okay. I'm not a beer guy, but I'll shotgun a beer. Yeah. So I did that happen at your wedding? Because it sounded like you skirted the issue. I think your name is Willie Whippy, and your wife tells you to jump, and you no. go, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And that's it. Is, that, is that what you're saying? Because I missed, I was late to the podcast today, Grumpy. Low, below, Grumpy. Oh, no, not because you're low, late to the podcast. Low, below, Grumpy. Late to the podcast. Low, below. I just think you're talking grumpy. awful big. Where, okay. you know, here's the thing if John Tavares' wife is against, him you drinking know, a beer, him drinking a beer with the guy. Shotgunning beers. No, it wasn't even them shotgunning beers. It was just him drinking just a beer. Shotgunning beers. It was, I, okay, I missed it. It was him drinking a beer. Oh, so they just, oh, yeah. Who do you do? Let's have a little beer, a little beer. You don't know. Holy shit. If somebody can please pull me that freaking image so I can show the grumpy old man who has no social media presence. My God. Here it is, grumpy. Okay, no, it was them shotgunning beers. And okay, I, here it is, right? It, yeah. Every single player is doing it. John Tavares just sitting there like an awkward stump he, on he the He just wall. got married. What do you think is – first of all – No, no, no. It's not at the wedding. This is not at the wedding. It's said it was at the wedding. Hold on. It's wedding weekend. looks like the boys' night out. Okay, Grumpy, here you go. Here you go, Grumpy. This is not the wedding. I don't think they're wearing blue T-shirts. John, John Tavares wasn't wearing a, a green T-shirt to the wedding, and Anthony Bavilia wasn't dressed like that. Everybody shotgun of the beer, and he's just like, I don't know. It's odd. I don't know. Maybe he's the best of the team with shotgunning beers, and he already finished. He came in first. Ah, you know, that's what it was. And he didn't even know. crack the top of the beer. Hey, that's talent. Bam, right gone. Oh, man, oh, man. Oh. Your hatred, your butthurtness over him. Not, I'm not butthurt. I'm just saying he's a social invalid. Ooh, he's so, he looks socially awkward. Now, that's going to take, take us well past the 11-15 mark if, I, if you talk about that. I'm just saying, fair enough. What a film say? Yeah, I agree with you, TJ on Tavares. He's a strange guy. Thank you. Not a locker room guy either. We are better without him. We approved that the last two Eastern Conference visits. Yeah, I think that was more because of Barry Trotz uh, implementing I, I agree. It's Barry structure Trotz. as opposed to John Tavares. I think that John Tavares wasn't a great leader. He was always branded as not a great leader when he was with us by other entities. And I'm like, how could we even know that? And now I see, okay, Trot's structure has helped, but I think he also wasn't. I see what a good leader is. Anders Lee, call him what he is. He's a good leader. I would, blah, I don't know. When I hear the thing about Josh Hosang, I think not so much, but I, I don't know. I don't know, Grump. He seems like a good leader from the, at least optic wise. I don't, I, once again, again, you're talking about the leadership thing. I'm just talking about the player on the ice. The team was better. 
when he was uh, as talented wise, he got he improved the players who played with him. That's all you could ask. All right, if you want to say he wasn't a great leader, fine, but that had nothing to do with his performance on the ice. He's a real he's always been a really good player and he makes those around him better. What else can you ask from a player? Not mm. much. Um, Nick D says here, Coach Tommy B said that the last time he was on a podcast, Matt Barzal stays. Barry is gone. TJ Grump, how you guys doing tonight? Do well, Nick D. How about that? How about you? Um, want you to size says TJ's favorite soapbox topic, Zidane Char. We get it. His career oh. is over. I, I, I want you to say, I just want Barry Trotz to realize that his career is over too. I don't know how a guy who gets paid millions of dollars a year can't notice that his career is over. That's where I have the issue. You get paid. But throw not, those lineups out there. He's not in the lineup now. I think I just think he's better than Andy Green. That's all. Okay, so what are you saying? He's not in the lineup now. Are you trying to tell me that the reason he was in the lineup every single game was to make sure that he can get to the defensive defensive game milestone? So we went ahead and compromised our season's possible success for a freaking personal accolade of an ex Islander two decades ago. Is that what you're opining? I pray to God it's not that because that would send me through the roof, Grump. I'm just going to say freaking roof. The season was over before it even started. <laughs> oh man! You know, uh, make necessary improvements to make your team better. You're doomed to you're doomed to fail. That's what happened. Joe F said, "Free Dobby and free Doctor Bellows." You know, Doctor Bellows is no. Uh-uh. Who's Doctor Bellows? He was on "I Dream of Genie." I dream of Genie. No, okay, that's not how it went. Okay. I dream of Jeannie. I know you have no you idea what's even about. I dream of Jeannie. What? It was good, man. Tony Nelson. You had uh, Roger Healy was his buddy. And uh, Dr. Bellows was, I think he was a psychiatrist. I think he was. I forget. For some reason, I want to say he was a psychologist. Maybe he wasn't. But he was on that show too, and and Jeannie, of course, Barbara Eden, mm. he was smoking hot back in the day. Mm -mm -mm. And then we got a comment here from what a film saying uh, the game is too fast for Chara. Why we sign him, I have no idea. I don't think people believe we're better with that Matt Barzal. That's just clickbait bullshit. I think you're right there, Woulda. I think that is just clickbait bullshit. I think there's no way somebody can actually believe we're a better team without Matt Barzal. Uh, Paul OC said, I still think we're underachieving. We should be at least in a better position to fight for a playoff spot with Washington and Boston. This is why I think they're not playing for trots anymore. Maybe, like I said, it's just, it's baffling to me. It was easy early in the season. I, I just said, you know what? We're just, we're too old. That was my narrative early in the year. And then I see us play games where we're capable of doing it particularly in the last, you know, couple of weeks, two, three weeks. And then it's like, why, where has this been all year? And then you'll see clunkers again. I don't, I, like I said, I'm still bad. I still haven't wrapped my head around it, to be honest with you. Why it's like that. Nick D said, I think the way Barry has been looking lately um, with his lineup changes, do you think he's on the way out? Looks like it to me. No, he's not. On I the think way. he gets another year. Uh, unfortunately not. Uh, Mario says, uh, if it was a howitzer from Pulak, the shot would have missed the net. It certainly would have. Good point there, Mario. Anytime he puts a little bit, you know, past, you know, 90 miles an hour, with no accuracy. He was Fulton, um, he was Fulton in the Mighty Ducks. They, they also do have scores. Now, this is a comment. Now, 
Lou Lamarillo on the, on the prior quote we had read from the Athletics said that we have scores, you know, they're just inconsistent. Mario said, yeah, we do have scores on our team. They just don't play more than 10 minutes a game, i.e. Kiefer Bellis and Oliver Wallstrom. True, true. You want Sean. guys who can, that's what you want. You want guys who can put the puck on the net. The guys are not afraid to shoot the puck. Um, John A, I need to know. I pray you have screenshot or grab that from Isles Cats because I see he made a tweet about Josh Bailey talking about uh he does not like the pass. He like he doesn't like the shoot, he likes to pass up, and he deleted the tweet. Somebody overreacted and he deleted the tweet, and apparently he had to explain it. John, if you could pull me a screenshot of what that was or an image grab, I would be greatly appreciated. I'd be I'd appreciate it greatly. Tom B said basically Lou indicated that Trotz may have already been given an extension. What a freaking mistake. Oh what a, what a mistake that would have been what that's typical Lou. He doesn't need to resign him. He doesn't need to be resigned now. Why would you resign him now? Mm. I'm so, guess what? Get ready for dark, dark, dark times for this franchise that that guy's been resigned. Mm. Dark. Uh, trade deadline decisions don't need to be made until okay. March 4th. You resigned him. In one breath, Tommy says it's going to be Barzell or Trotz. So you've resigned Trotz. Barzell's going to say, F you, I'm gone. Because I know he hates playing for trots. I guarantee you that. He hates playing for trots. Just him saying he liked the Marty St. Louis tweet tells you all you need to know about how he feels about Barry Trotz and his system. The like and the unlike is it's fantastic. Joe F says, okay, who is the core? That's where probably Islander fans and Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo do not see eye to eye on because I bet you part of his core, Jean Gabriel Pajot, I'm sure is a guy they imagined we can't be without. Casey Zizekas, as we saw this last offseason, is a part of the core. Shit, you don't give a fourth liner who's 28, 29 years old a six 30, year contract. I'm, years old. I, when, when they signed him, what was he, 29? 30. He 30. was 30 when we gave him a six year contract. Yes. You don't give a 30-year-old a six-year contract as a fourth line or if you don't view him as a part of your core. And I'm like, he they they view just about every single member of this team as part of their core. So unfortunately, they use that term very loosely. Back and Tommy says he says, You guys are stupid if you think that he meant to say Lou doesn't he if you if you don't know that Lou never tells the media what he's actually planning on doing. That's why I said it sounded like he was just all coach speak, but here or GM speak. That being said. I'm telling you, I I would be shocked if Lou moves part of the core. I really do think that he wants, he thinks this team can win. I really do believe that he thinks that. Um, too much pessimist sticking said, I lived in Bridgeport for six weeks. Sallow calling it a den is very diplomatic. <laughs> he should have kept never... his mouth shut. It's short term. It's short term. Uh, Shay says here, I've had conversations with Sallow. He's completely an honest guy. And uh, Time B said, you two should do a live show from Bridgeport. I assume Bridgeport is not a very nice part of town. Um, but uh, Drew L says, I think Ledecky knows. I think, I think Ledecky knows that we need to go young. I don't know about that. Mm. Anyone with a brain would know that, but maybe he doesn't. Mm-mm-mm. Um, Alexander said, did you guys see that they ranked the Islanders logo as the worst in the NHL? Where did that even come up with that stuff? No, come on. We're not the worst logo. I'm, I'm not saying we're the greatest logo in the NHL, but we're not the worst. Like the, the Coyotes is 
Hideous. Coyotes were third. The Coyotes logo was third on this ranking list. Maybe Dude, they I, just flipped it. Maybe they flipped it upside down. Or maybe they they interviewed a hundred people in uh, the, the the Arizona area, and they said, "What do you think about hockey jerseys? Rank them one to 32. Colorado's the, they're like the worst. I would if I was a Colorado fan, I wouldn't even buy a jersey. Arizona, you mean? Yeah, whatever. Arizona's isn't great either, honestly. Oh, hold on. You said Arizona first, then you said Colorado. Do you mean Arizona, or Colorado? Which I mean one? Arizona. But Colorado's isn't great on, anyway either. Sorry. Mm. Uh uh uh. Um, the Rangers, no the Rangers. I just like the white with the Ranger down the front. The the letters. I like that. That's okay. There's a lot uh, of crappy looking logos, honestly. Joe F says new T-shirt. Grumpy says blow me. Yeah. Oh man, I'll tell you. Um, and then SP says, to be honest, as much as I love Wallstrom and as much as I want Trotz to put him with Barzal, he hasn't earned the spot. Uh, um, it's not like anyone Trotz puts there has earned it, but you know he's been pretty much invisible. Here's the problem I have with that. He's never been given a chance. He won't give a chance to those guys. When you're playing 11, 10, 12 minutes a night, how are you ever going to get better? And you're always in a grinder type situation where it's not your skill set. How do you expect to get better? Put players where their skill set dictates they should play. That's three quarters of the battle with trots, but he won't do it. He just refuses. That's my uh, biggest complaint with him, trying to jam that square peg into the round hole. Tom B says, as of the moment, Lou and Trotz are 100% backed by Malkin. Well, let me tell you something. More Oof. empty stands, more shitty seasons. We'll see how long that lasts. Mm -hmm. that's, what you're, that's what we're looking forward to, let's be honest. SP said, the Dobson emergence has been the only thing keeping me entertained these days regarding the games. He's played really, really well the last couple of months. Because he's had to. They had to take the leash off of him. Had to do it. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And then uh, Brian P. BP says here, uh, first rounder for Parise. TJ, put that crack pipe down. Here's the thing. Look at Parise's numbers. He's averaging almost a point every other game. He's 37. He's not a top-line player. You're not oh, going to get a first-round pick. Ramp. I'm telling you, on another team to where they play offense, and offense is a priority, Zach Parise plays on the penalty kill. He's shown that in a real bad pinch on a good team, he can play on the power play because he plays on our power play on a consistent basis. On a good team, he probably doesn't. But he plays the penalty kill. He plays bottom six minutes. He hustles, and he can put the puck in the net, and he can go ahead and contribute there on the offensive board. I'm telling you, Zach Parise, do not be shocked at all if he gets a first-round pick. Brian P., I am telling you right now, look at every single year's NHL trade deadline. Teams always overpay for players. Always, always, always. What grumpy? What grump, huh? I don't think he's getting a first-round pick either. I agree with you, Brian. Oh, TJ, put down the crack pipe. <laughs> Rob G says, Zach Parise plays with fire in his game better than some of the young 20-year-old kids are playing, too. True. Uh, Drew L says can't here, teach that type of drive, you can't teach it. Drew L says here, I'm just never going to listen to what Barry says anymore. It seems like every time he gives praise to a young guy, a vet comes back in and he slowly phases out the young guy. Yep. Talking about what he's done with Bellows, Wallstrom, etc. Anytime he gives him praise, it's like, uh, give him a short lease. Praise. When, I love when he talks to the press conference, Lazy, uh, Nelly, Barzy, Bellows. You know, mm -hmm. bales, palms, 
Zach Bellows. Aho. It tells you he doesn't like him. Brian P. also saying, if Fredo becomes general manager, we'll send him through the causeway where Sonny went. It's funny, you know, because I just I watched that movie in theaters last oh, weekend. Oh, please, not again. Please, not again. I remember, not I, remember again. The, I remember the Robert Moses causeway where Sonny got gunned down. Mm. We need more Sonnies on this team. <sighs> Less Fredos. Chris Messier. The problem, grumpy old man, is nobody wants the bad contracts of these True. older players. That's why you don't sign older players to long-term deals. Just dumb. Just dumb. And here's the thing. It's not like they're super talented. They're just guys. Easily replaceable. Mm. Um, got a comment here from uh, Manfred S. saying here, Lou has committed to the core monetarily and trade cause binding. I love Anders as a person, but he seems to have lost his spark. And $7 million is a big nut. That's right, Manfred. And we knew that. We knew that. We've known it for years. It was just a dumb contract at the time. Just really stupid. Just idiotic. It was a reactionary move to not getting Panarin. That's what it was. Period. It's a bad knee-jerk reaction, too. Yep. That is for certain. Mm, that is for he's, certain. He's the last guy I wanted them to re-sign. The last guy out of that three that were up. He was the last, the absolute last one. Nelson was the second last. I was okay with Everly. Nelson's turned out okay. Um, Everly's gone, but Lee was the guy I could care less if we brought back. He doesn't do anything well. He's average. Mm. Uh, what a film said, TJ, who are the best-looking Islanders? Ask Paige if you need to know. I can tell you Paige will say Matt Barzal is the best-looking Islander. I don't even have to tell you. Matt Barzal is the best-looking Islander. Didn't you know she say she's not going to watch any more Islander games? Not that she watches any anyway. I told her, I said, I said Paige, I said, she, would, she was talking to Grump and I after the game. She's like, how did Matt Barzal do today? Said Paige, I said, Matt Barzal didn't play. She's like, What do you mean? And I told her he was she was hurt. I told Matt Barzal was hurt. She's like, I'm not gonna watch any more Islander games until Matt Barzal's healthy again. And I said, Okay, Paige, fair enough. Drew L says here, remember AJ Greer, TJ and Grump? He's looking nice. Um, upcoming bottom six piece, 33 points in 38 games in the A. He's an AHL guy. I'm gonna say, yeah, he's a career AHLer. I don't take too much into it. Um, Frank also says Martin uh, has a tough injury and has never healed well. Uh, Martin was great. You know, don't let us forget. Um, he also even scored seven goals in the playoffs. I love Maddie. He's finished. You can look back fondly on his career, but he's finished. Sorry. He got the gold watch and the $6 million man contract that he got for no good reason. I mean, I'm his thing. Have I been proven wrong on any of these contracts, TJ? Any of them? Any of them? Zach Parise. No, I thought he was okay for seven fifty. Ah, you said it wasn't. I didn't think he was his thing. He's outplayed his contract, but for seven fifty, I was fine with it. I'm just talking about any of these extensions that he's given guys. I don't think I'm on the record saying the Casey Zizekas one is another terrible one. Every single one that he signed has been bad. Every one, not some. Everyone. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Um, and here we go. Uh, Calgary is dangerous. Second in the NHL in goals against, in eighth in goals for. They're good at any style, just like Carolina. How would that be for a finals? Carolina and Calgary. Woo, man, that'd be fun. Thomasino just opened up the scoring for Nashville. 
I want you to say has a few ones. He says, I think you're projecting your own biases onto JT. Uh, Islander fans are a little pathetic sometimes when it comes to talking to JT, and who cares? It's just a pitcher. See, so here's the thing. When I see a player not, and again, he was an ex-player at that time, but not participating in team events or, or events that other players are, it's a little odd. It's off-putting, right? You usually would get shit anytime you go, hey, we're going out to go do this. We're going out to do that. And you say, no, I'm not going to do that. Usually you get shit, right? It's team bonding. I mean, it's a bonding amongst players. It's a bonding amongst people that you see every single day and that are your closest, most dearest friends. That's what's kind of odd about it. And again, and John Tavares is a great player. Here's the thing. He left us in a lurch. He screwed us over. It is what it is. I, I don't even know how we've gotten to this point. I just say he's, he's a social invalid. He's not a guy who's a social leader. Sorry. I, I, at, how are things working out in Toronto? Things haven't worked out in Toronto in a long time. Do you hear the media in Toronto saying John Tavares is being a great leader in the locker room and it's going to help thrust us into playoff success this year? No, because he doesn't do that. Simple. Simples, mate. Um, you guys doing lives? Uh, yes, we are, Rogue Gamer. We do do lives. We did one yesterday, Rogue Gamer. We are, we are. Um, said just stop. Oh, just stop doing he the lives. Stop. Oh, you guys are still. Oh shit, I read that wrong. You guys still doing the lives? Just stop. Oh shit, Rogue. It's not that bad yet. We don't have to go ahead and stop all the lives, man. Come on. Um. Oh. Uh, Christmas saying Barry isn't the problem. Lou is. They're both the problem. They're both the problem. They're in um, bed together. Uh, Brandon Gaines says here, sorry, Tommy, unless the contract extension has officially been announced, takes what, take whatever Lou says with a grain of salt. Yeah, I was about to say, I'd be shocked if he signed himself one. Uh, Christmas said the Islanders' new logo needs to be the grumpy old man's couch. Brian B says, go to bed, TJ. No first for Zach Parise. Here's the thing. What I said is, I promise you we're at least getting a second for him don't be shocked if we work it into a first. And here's the thing. If somehow miraculously we go ahead and just seal the deal and Lou makes a fantastic deal and we really go ahead and pull the wool over a team's eyes and we get a first-round pick for Zach Parise, I expect every single one of you to be on these comments saying, DJ, what can I say? There's something you know when it comes about trading at the NHL trade deadline. Oh, uh, what are you, Grumpy? Come on. Now. I've guess called what? a few of these trades guess before. What? I knew that somebody was going up. to Detroit. I knew these. I know a few things, Grumpy. Come on. All, Come all on. you've opened yourself up for is yet more ridicule for not knowing anything. You don't now, think he's going to go for at least a second? I said he's going to go for a second. I safely can say that. I said don't be shocked if first manages to work its way into a deal. You, you've said he's going for first now. You're on record for that. Is what I said, said. I, pro I, could, I can almost about guarantee it. Zach Parise will go for a second. I said, I think he could go for a first if you can catch a team that really finds something they're liking them and that, you know, they say, hey, we want a guy with veteran leadership that's going to help push us over the top and help us through the playoffs. I think he could maybe get a first. I said, bare minimum, a second, though, you will get for Zach Parise. On record, second, max first. Brian was talking about your rant earlier when you said he was going to get a first. I said, I think he's probably going to get a first. I okay. said, bare minimum, he's not getting a first. That's what we're talking about. He's not getting a first. If he gets a first, then you get the chirp. Otherwise, you're going to get buried, just like you do when you talk about movies, music, Tommy, life, hockey, anything. If the Amish get a first-round pick for Parise, I'll do the next guest show host on my underwear with you, underwear. Tommy, I, I'm underwear. I'm going to tell you what. I, I hope he does not get a first. That's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> and I speak for all Islander fans. 
Oh my God. Uh, don't you have a movie to catch Grumpy? Yes, he does. Yes, We're do. trying to get to the last come. Um, Brian P says, TJ, I agree. Parise would be a nice bottom six pickup for a contender. He's not fetching a first round pick. I love you, bro. And uh, the new uh, the new you wouldn't know the Fredo and Sonny through the the causeway reference. I know, I know about that reference. William DeFore on pace to put up 113 points in 66 games. Atu Ratu's got 32 points in 33 games. Uh uh uh. Grumpy. Um, hold on. One more. Do you think we can get better than Trots? Plus, it seems uh, he's implementing more offense as of recent. We absolutely can get better than Trots. Joel Quinville still available. Why don't you decide? I said, I know he screwed us over. No question. I get the booing, but stop diminishing him as a player. I think he's a great player. I don't think he's a bad player, I want you to say. I think he's a good player. He made players, I just said earlier in the podcast, he makes players around him better than what Matt Barzal does. He, if you put together the team that we have currently, John Tavares elevated the level, the playing level of the players around him better than Matt Barzal did. I don't know what other compliment I could pay to John Tavares. I just don't think he's a good leader. What simple is that? Um, TJ, the only way we get a first is if we also take out a bad contract for the rest of the season for him, too. We're not getting a first. See, everyone thinks because you were going on and on about him getting a first. That's what everyone's talking about. Not the second. Now you're trying to do your little your little backstroke. The backstroke I'm telling you, he's going to get a second bare minimum. He may even get a first. That's what I'm on record of saying right here, right now, grumpy. Don't. Yeah, you want to rapid fire? I'm gonna just say this one thing. Everyone knows this is the type of shit that TJ does. He tries to after he says the one big statement and then you call him on it, then he tries to do some backstroke bullshit to uh get away from what he actually said. Everyone knows you said he was gonna get it first. That's what everyone knows. You I said 15 first. Why don't you well, go ahead and get, get it right? Don't be. Get ready. Sal P says, hey, fellas, look at that great shirt Sal P's wearing. Look at that. Maddie and the Jags. It looks fantastic. He looks so awesome. He gets it from the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Merchandise Store. Islanders never say die. You can find that in the link in the description below. He says, hey, fellas, great show as always. It seems like tough times in Islanders land. Once again, reminding me how much the last 30 plus years. By the way, Alistair Kaliev has two goals tonight. How many Simon Holmes have on his career? <sighs> this None. guy scored more goals in 15 minutes than Cal than." Uh, Holmstrom scored his whole career. Please, no underwear. SP said first round for Chara, first round for Volomov, first <laughs> round for Billy, first round for Lou. The entire team gets first round. I'm not over here like Oprah Winfrey saying, you get a first round, you get a first round. Come on, come on. Zach Parise says 37 for a first and a second rounder. I'll bet my house. No, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, Paulo, I said he's going to get bare minimum a second. He may get a first. They're not getting a no, first. That's not what you said. Not what, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Now you're backtracking. You're doing what your backtracking. God's grumpy. I Never said he's going to get bare minimum a second. He may even you get. Said a he was going to get a first. You'd be surprised. Everyone double pays. He's going to get a first. Guarantee he gets a first. I oh, say he gets oh. a second. He's not getting a first though. Oh man. Um, once you say, I said, you didn't read my whole post. JT is a lead by example guy. He could easily be a good leader on the ba on that basis. Nobody questioned his work ethic and his ability to make everybody better. I'm going to tell you one thing, lead by example, guys, unless you have unbelievable talent. And I'm talking about unbelievable. I'm talking a hall of fame caliber talent. Lead by example. Guys are not as good as some vocal leaders. Simple as that lead by example. Guys can be fantastic leaders. If they are generational talents and they're guys who are, I'm the best player in the league, a lead by example guy works. 
Other than that, I'd rather take a more vocal leader. Just me personally. Um, uh, Grumpy, we're here at the end. Oh, SP, Grumpy spitting some fact. Come on, enjoy the movie. Grumpy, we're here at the end of the podcast. What do you want to say before we wrap things up today? I want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens, even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Please hit the like button, the subscribe button, everyone. You know, yes. you do what you need to do. Like, we subscribe, follow, like. Algorithm so we can inform Islander fans what they need to hear, what they want to hear. We can be the first Islanders podcast letting everybody know bare minimum a second, maybe a first for Zach Parise is what I'm That's predicting. Pathetic. Oh man, JT Martinez says, I'm a lead by example guy. <laughs> Cowboys will win the Super Bowl. Oh man, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, Grumpy, we're here at the end though. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be live this upcoming Saturday. Oh shit, that's right. Um, I got a work set. We may cover the game live. It may be a delayed start, but we may be covering that Saturday game live. Just depends on what my schedule can do. We're trying to get to where we can cover this Saturday's game live. If not, I'll make sure I post about it and we'll be at normal time. But maybe we'll be able to cover at least the second, if not the whole first period. I don't know. We're trying to cover this Saturday's game live, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, grumpy old man. My pleasure.